evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese, as you all know, uh, uh, for Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark. Tonight, we actually have real stuff, real things to talk about. Uh, we have real information to share and, and to discuss. And uh, yeah, what's everybody want to talk about? What's everybody drinking tonight? Uh, what's, what's on everybody's plate? Uh, tell me, uh, my brother Scott says, hello, bud. Scott, how are you, man? Tell me how's it going? How's it going with everybody? Um, I, I notice that my thing acts up sometimes. And I need an influx of information to let me know if my thing is messing up. Um, I'm sure that there's a that's what she said in there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, uh, what's up, Kyle? Hello, Nicole. Welcome back to Prospects After Dark. What's up with you? Uh, look, I'm sure that I'll get uh, particularly ranty tonight. Uh, as we talk about some of the changes and some of the things that are happening uh, with uh, the potential Major League Baseball season, it's fun to actually talk about some stuff. Unpainted Huff says, Flaming Hot Cheetos and a Pale Ale is my sustenance. You know, I wonder how many other people are basically living on Flaming Hot Cheetos and Pale Ales at this point. And if not just Flaming Hot Cheetos and Pale Ale, like I wonder how many people are just living on junk food uh, and beer at this point. You know, I got to tell you, I went to Arby's for lunch today. True story, believe it or not. This isn't just me playing to my brand. Uh, uh, true story, I ate at Arby's today. I had a Reuben, uh, and it properly cleansed my soul and my bowels. Uh, and But I was sitting there, and it's right across the street from the liquor store. And the liquor store was packed. I mean, people were rolling in and out of that place, and that really warmed my heart. Of course, it's terrible. Maintain your social distance. Uh, but it also warmed my heart. I were country full of drunks um uh saluki fans said craft mac and cheese with hams beer holy cow craft mac and hams you talk about like bottom of the barrel uh uh, uh booze uh, hams is the ultimate bottle of the barrel booze but you know what uh, i'm all about drinking it our good friend jeff niehaus says uh booze and then the little rattly thing uh the the, the clinky glass thing yeah, uh, cheers to you, Jeff Niehaus. You're amazing. Victoria, hello. Welcome, Victoria. Johnny G says, I've been drinking alone for years preparing for this moment. It's funny, you know, I, I see on Twitter that people will say, like, uh, day seven of quarantine and it's something goofy or day 10 of quarantine and it's something goofy. Uh, and that's basically my life. Like, that's what I do. Uh, so it's funny to see people talk about this stuff uh, when, in fact, like, going crazy while in quarantine when, honestly, like, Watching somebody slide down the stairs face first just to amuse themselves. Like, that's my life. That's that's what I do on a regular basis. Lisa Lowe's in here. Hello. I hope that you enjoyed your margaritas. Uh, cheers to you tonight. We are polishing off the bottle of Buffalo Trace from last week. True story, family. I got super drunk last week. Like, that's probably the most drunk I've been for Prospects After Dark uh, in quite some time. Uh, I was hiccuping by the end of the night, if I remember correctly. I don't know for sure. But that was by far the most drunk I've been for an episode of Prospects After Dark in a very long time. We're pretty sober tonight. We're going to try to get there, uh, but one step at a time. A Nighthawk, we have 330 racks of hams. Holy cow. I guess that's how you do it in quarantine, Colorado. Uh, good for you. Hello. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Jeff Niehaus says Dickel again. Yeah, that George Dickel is amazing stuff. We like the rye. We like the regular. Uh, they, they make a good mash, too. That's, that's good for mixing. Our good friend Stats Cards, uh, Stats STL Cards, says, Kyle, 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 I have missed your face. Now, uh, for those of you who might not have seen it, uh, our good friend Stats Cards, who's, I, I'm not going to use his, full, his first name unless he gives me permission to, um, he did some playing, some picking and some playing for us uh, via Periscope earlier in the week. 
I think it was earlier in the week. Again, I'm all messed up, uh, but it was so good. Speaking of things on Periscope that are really good, uh, uh, Zach Gifford, he's doing the nerds on the Black Podcast. He had uh, John LaRue on from Viva Alberto's. You know, he had Ben Goddard on. He had uh, uh, Keely on. Um, uh, all of those have been really good, especially this past week when he and uh, Mr. LaRue kind of picked apart some of the all-time greatest teams and maybe some of the greatest Cardinal teams. I love that conversation. He also ranked his White Claws, which is fun. Uh, Unpainted Huff says, Drinking the pale ale out of my blue Stanley Cup pint glass uh, in honor of NHL Network playing. I love it. Yeah, that, so that's awesome what the NHL Network's been doing all day from 7 a.m. until currently uh, replaying all of the Stanley Cup Finals games. Uh, I haven't got to watch any of it. I, you know, I'm, I'm at work. I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm at work by 6. I work 6 until fingers crossed 3.30 every day. Uh, uh, I get in at 6. I'm supposed to work 7 to 3.30, but my schedule always gets a little bit weird. So I haven't been able to watch any of it. I got home, and I was, I'm gassed. But, yeah, it's awesome. I love that. I want to go over it and over it and over it. I, I'd watch uh, that Stanley Cup and Game 7 uh, of the Stanley Cup over and over again. Uh, H. Freert says, hi, Dad. It's been a while. Welcome back, H. Freert. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back. Come on in. Get some questions. Get some thoughts. Give them to us. Graham STL says, well, another year of Yachty for sure. Oh, uh, man. You know, I can't uh, I can't imagine how many more of years of Yachty we're going to have. I don't think that this changes his timeline at all. I think that he doesn't view it as years. I think he views it as seasons. I think that he was already going to play a couple extra seasons. Uh, and I, I'm anxious to see how many extra seasons it ends up being. But I don't think any of us have a handle on it. You know, there's reports that he wants two years, two additional years after this coming year. There's reports that even after, like, this year, and if there is a year, and then next year, and then the year after that, he might be willing to take a timeshare. I don't buy that for one second. Uh, I like his sentiment, but I, I don't think he truly believes it. I think he wants to believe it. But uh, anyways, we've got a couple more years of Yachty, not just one more. Uh, Nighthawk says, we know you got drunk last weekend. Yeah, honestly, like, I, uh, man, I was just super, super drunk. Travis Janik says... What's up, Kyle? Been a while since I've tuned in. Let's talk some baseball. Travis Janik, it is a pleasure to have you here. I'm going to take a quick sip of uh, uh, my Buffalo Trace for all of my pad people who are in here early. Bring your questions. Let's start talking about some of the augmented schedule uh, proposals. Let's start talking about the draft. Uh, sort it out with me, fam. Victoria says you were definitely hiccuping. Spaghetti Jones says what up? What up, dog? Uh, what up, Spaghetti Jones? How are you? Unpainted Huff says, oh, damn, my Twitter name change has now overtaken Periscope. Uh, I like that. You know, it, uh, I want to say that you were Unpainted Huff last week, too. Uh, StatsSTL says, P.S., feel free to use my name there, buddy. Not a problem. So uh, StatsSTL cards is Brad. We love Brad. He's an awesome guy uh, with good content, and he's a hell of a musician. Uh, uh, Ron Nuttall says, Kyle, this is great. Ron, you are a true, a true hero. Uh, Ron and uh, Jim Cromer over at Two Birds on a Blat do ruffled feathers every Tuesday, uh, and that's a great thing, and, and we love that. So to, to all the all of my Two Birds on a Bat family, I raise my glass. Also to Noah Snelson that says, Kyle! Noah's a great dude because Noah's helping to sponsor uh, uh, minor leaguers, uh, and he's also helping to uh, uh, not just sponsor them, but provide a place for them. And Noah's an awesome dude. N Noah, you're a fine human being. Peyton Huff says, Yadi will be the catcher until his son is ready. Yeah, you know, I joked around about it on Twitter earlier, but you got to think that with this little break that he has, that this gives him like another 10 years uh, worth of, of major league service time. Gets a little break and it's enough to re-energize him until he's playing until he's 50. 
Noah Nelson says, okay, if the season gets canceled, Gorman goes straight to Springfield. Who else? I think if the season gets canceled, it all depends on what happens with the draft and what happens with, uh, uh, well, that's service time because that's still kind of kind of janky how that all is. Um, but, yeah, I would think that uh, what would end up happening is you'd see Gorman at Springfield. You might see a couple of the older players get released. Maybe somebody like Zach Kirtley you'd see end up getting released. Now, I don't know that. That's probably not fair of me to say. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I, I would think that that would accelerate the timetable of a lot of players. But I also don't necessarily know – uh, what we're in store for. But yeah, I would think that it would accelerate the timetable for players. I, I like where your head's at. Uh, Lisa Love says, Kyle, I won't survive without baseball. Yes, you will, because we've got uh, we've got a great Twitter community to talk about. Uh, we've got still great baseball content when you think about it. Uh, you know, I, what I love is I love KMOX. What KMOX is doing right now is a, a really, really awesome thing. I love that KMOX uh, is replaying the 2011 season, uh, you know, just September, the September run. I love listening to that. You know, yesterday when uh, uh, the Game 6 was on, or two days ago, whatever day that was, I can't keep anything straight. Uh, but I loved it. Like, that was wonderful. We're still going to have baseball content. It won't be live baseball. Uh, uh, but, you know, more importantly, everybody at Birds on the Black, too, is providing you some amazing, amazing stuff. So I'm with you. I'm ready for baseball. I, I, I want it to start uh, as bad, if not worse, than anyone. Uh, but at least we've got something to talk about. At least we've got something uh, uh, to, to keep us occupied. Stu says, hey, Stu, what's up, bud? I can't stay tonight, but just wanted to say I love you and cheers. To you, Stu, cheers. I love you too, bud. Pardon me. Have a great night. Ron says, how fun was the Two Birds show last night? Yeah, so over on Facebook, uh, Two Birds on a Bat, they they had a little, like, uh, Facebook Live, I guess is what it's called. And uh, they had uh, Jose, Jose Molina on there, and that was great. And then uh, they, they kind of did a, a quick hits with a bunch of people. Myself, I think Ron was part of it. I didn't hear Ron. Uh, but I also didn't tune in until later. Uh, Angela Sharp, um, uh, Danny Cox, like, uh, there were a lot of really interesting stuff, and that was a great show, and it was a lot of fun. You guys should check that out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Unpainted Huff says, seven-inning doubleheaders make me want to smash something. Uh, you know, as somebody who's watched it at the minor league level, because that's what they've been doing at the minor league level for years uh, when, when they have doubleheaders, it doesn't bug me so much. I just want as much baseball as possible. You know, I don't, I felt like I had to take a strong stance on a lot of stuff. Like I felt like I had to take a strong stance on uh, neutral site games. I feel like, you know, you, you sometimes you feel like you have to take a stance, but really all I care about is just providing, being provided with as much baseball as possible. That's all I care about. You know, I get, I get why they reduced it from, uh, they would potentially reduce it from nine to seven inning double headers. I understand it. I think that, if they were smart, they'd just keep it nine-inning doubleheaders and expand the rosters, make players eligible. Like you have, a again, like a 30-man roster with 28 players eligible for each individual game or 35 men with 28 players eligible. You know, there, there's a way to do it to make it work. Uh, I, I'd rather see that than go to, to seven innings. But to be honest with you, the seven-inning doubleheader, uh, it, it's kind of nice. It's Now, again, at the minor leagues, the games are so much quicker than at the major leagues. Uh, so, you know, it, it kind of changes in the time, but uh, I just want baseball. Give me double headers. You know, if, if having two seven inning games in one day means that we get an extra 20 games in the season, I'm all about it. I, just give me the double headers. Uh, Victoria, if the season gets canceled, I will cry. Yeah, I think we're all going to be in that boat. And, you know, I, I want now, first off, I guess something we need to talk about is MILB TV is free right now. Go register at MILBTV.com. Get MILB TV. I think MLB.com, MLBTV.com is free now, too, if you've registered. 
I've registered for both of those because then you can watch baseball all you want. And no, it's not the same as watching the stuff live as it's happening and reacting to it uh, without knowing what's coming. Uh, but it's still something new, in, or it's still something, rather. It's still baseball content. And I love that. You know, I'll, I haven't watched any, in the last week, I haven't watched any MILB TV. I can't wait to dig in a little bit this weekend if the opportunity presents itself. Uh, at least we have baseball. Yeah, I want, like, I love, again, I love what KMOX is doing. I want to see Fox Sports Midwest continue to play old games if possible. Uh, I, I, that's good. Like, we have to keep seeing that and hearing that and talking about that. And the more that happens, the better off we're all going to be during this tough time of, of being deprived of baseball that we would otherwise have. Uh, let's see. Do you have a favorite minor league game of 2019 since MILB TV is giving us those games? You know, uh, well, so, okay, how about this? There was a game between uh, Dayton and now I can't remember what the affiliate is for Tampa Bay. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, Bowling Green. Between Dayton and Bowling Green. Uh, and it was a game between Nick Lodolo and Matthew Libertor. And it was a great game. I checked that one out. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm usually better about the dates. Like March 28th, or uh, rather May 28th last year in Springfield was a good game, but I don't remember why. Uh, there was a, the August 4th State College game that uh, uh, Andre Payante pitched. That was a good game. He pitched four innings and was lights out. Um, there are, there are a multitude of games. Jeff, if you let me to, let me think about it a little bit, uh, a little bit less on the fly. Um, I would love to be able to, uh, uh, I I'd love to be able to provide you with that. But what I enjoy most, more so than anything during winter time, uh, fall time is here. Uh, during winter is I love just picking a random game and watching it at the minor league level. You know, another fun thing to do is go look at, say you want to watch a random Johan Oviedo start, go look at, uh, do uh, game logs through fan graphs or baseball rep. And uh, from there, just pick one start. You know, don't pick his best start. Don't pick his worst start. Just find some random start and watch that. Like, that's what I would recommend. Uh, you know, the, I write about prospects. I talk about prospects. Find a favorite prospect that you don't know much about or that you don't have a ton of information about. Uh, and just key in on them. Find one game where they were really good and just key in on them. Start there. You know, somebody that you're like, man, Kyle was way too high on Junior Fernandez. Uh, go find one of Junior Fernandez's starts or appearances rather, and just enjoy it. You know, don't just zoom to the part where Junior Fernandez comes in. Watch whoever started that game. If it was Alex Fagalde or if it was uh, yeah, whoever the hell it ended up being, Tommy Parsons or uh, Evan Kuczynski. Like, just tune in that way. Good Life Sean says, is it too early to do MFKs? Dale Cooper, Walter White, or Don Draper? Uh, it's never too early for a Murray fuck kill. I would say that I would... You'd have to mail a mail. You'd have to mail. You'd have to marry Agent Agent Cooper. Uh, you'd you'd have to fuck Don Draper, which means you'd have to kill Walter White because honestly, Walter White's probably gonna kill you. Victoria Dryden says, "What does a shortened draft mean?" Uh, a shortened draft means that the amateurs get screwed. It means that less players are going to get drafted. It means that, in my opinion, it means that signer signings signees rather have less leverage. It means that teams and organizations will have less pressure to keep those potentially contracted affiliates around because they can use the excuse that they don't have the players to fill those affiliated rosters. Uh, it means that uh, depending on how many rounds it ends up being, and I guess that's something we need to talk about. Like right now, there, 
we're all assuming that next year there's going to be five rounds. And I think that that's a safe assumption because the owners are going to want to save as much money as possible. Uh, but it's they can have no fewer than five rounds. So it might be five, it might be 10, it might be 20. I think that the smart money is that it's going to be five. You know, they, they might get clever and do seven or something like that. But it won't be more than 10. That's, I mean, I'm willing, I'd be willing to bet that it won't be more than 10. I can't say that's for sure, but I'd be willing to bet that it's more than 10. It means that if you're not drafted, all you can sign for is 20 grand, which is a joke. You know, up until the mid twenties, a lot of those guys uh, in in prior years were signing for 75,000 or more, you know, college seniors always got screwed. You know, I've been trying to figure it out today. All of my thoughts in regards to this topic have been, who does this benefit? Now, the guys at the top of the draft, you know, your first rounders, maybe even your second rounders, it, that's going to go how it was going to go. It's not going to change much. You know, uh, one shitty thing is every year the slot allotment is supposed to go up 3%. It won't go up 3% this year or next year. It's stagnant from 2019, which is a real shitty thing, uh, which also reduces some of the leverage that a, a player might have. Like, there's no reason to hold out this year to sign when thinking you can make more money next year if you were drafted at the same slot, which, you know, is uncommon. But uh, there's no there's no incentive to hold out there if, if that's what you decide to do. Um, so who does it benefit? The only person that benefits in my eyes are the owners. Those are the only people that benefit because they won't have to spend as much money. Now, they're not spending a ton of money once you get past, you know, relative to the first five rounds, uh, relative to the first 10 rounds. You know, when you get past the 10th round, they're not spending as much money. Uh, but where they'll be able to cut is at the minor league level. Unpainted Huff says... 2011 is extra special for me. My now late brother and I were at the 826 game that started the run. Uh, Unpainted Huff, to you and your late brother uh, and having nostalgic moments tied with sporting events, I raise my glass. Nothing more magical than that, uh, especially as a Cardinal fan, when you can tie those moments uh, to an entire uh, fan base. So to you, to your late brother, uh, thinking about you guys even now. Uh, D-O-H-O-G-N-E says, have you seen Locke with Tom Hardy? Dude pours serious concrete. Wonder if he interned at MoDOT. Uh, I have not seen Locke with Tom Hardy. What is that? Is that a movie or is that a show? I don't even know anything about that dude pours serious concrete. Well, I want to watch it now. I need to know, I need to know more about Locke uh, as a guy who pours concrete myself. Uh, L-O-C-K-E. I need to watch it and I need to watch it and I need to watch it. Uh, let's see. Probably Gene says, for any who want to help MILB players but live in St. Louis, what are your recommendations? The first thing that I would recommend is, you know, you can get a little bit of a swag uh, 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 if you just go to Birds on the Black. We have, uh, and when I say we, I mean, I'm just a part of the website. Cardinals, Gifts, and Tara put it all together, and it's all wonderful. Uh, But in conjunction with More Than Baseball, uh, which is uh, uh, a not-for-profit organization that is trying to advocate for minor leaguers, uh, you can get uh, coffee mugs, a shirt, a hat, stickers, and that money goes to that foundation. Uh, and if you don't want to buy anything, just go to More Than Baseball and donate there. Um, uh, I know Emily Walden's been doing stuff. Get a hold of Emily Walden. Every once in a while, her DHs are, are her DMs are open, uh, and she'll help you out. But I'd go to More Than Baseball. Start there. Uh, if you get, if you'd like to get some stuff with your donations, go to Birds on the Black. Uh, get some cool stuff. Uh, But if not, just go to More Than Baseball, and they'll hook you up. That is a great organization that I believe in that's run by good people. Uh, And I can promise you that if Birds on the Black, if Tara and Gifts are willing to partner with it, then you don't have to question uh, its motives or its its 
You don't have to question its motives or its profit share. Zach, hello, Zach. You're the best, bud. Welcome. Uh, how do you like your eggs? I am a little over easy guy. Like, I, you know, I don't eat a ton of eggs. I love, I love scrambled eggs. Uh, when I, so here's, let me, let me tell you, I'm, I'm an avoc avocado toast guy. I like, uh, uh, so Caldi in West County, they make an avocado toast that they put uh, hot, like hot sauce on, like a, a buffalo hot sauce, just a little drizzle on it. Then they put feta on top of it. And I like to have an over easy egg on top of that. And that is the way to do it. Uh, my cousin Charlie or his girlfriend uh, April say, hi, Kyle. Hello. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. We haven't had you guys in quite some time. Ron Nuttall says, learned a lesson tonight. Shaved my beard off and my wife's first sound was, ew. Yeah, look, I, uh, I, I will self-quarantine for the rest of my life before I shave my beard. Now, think of that as a public service to all of you. Look, I am, I am honestly one of the ugliest people that I've ever seen in my own entire life. Like, I don't mean that as like, haha, that's funny. Or, uh, but I am, I am honestly that. And that's with a beard. I can tell you that it is a complete train wreck underneath this beard. The last thing anybody, you would rather have coronavirus uh, than see me without my beard. I promise you that. Now, that's really, really dark. And I'm sorry about going in that direction, uh, but not as sorry as I am. Uh, about how ugly this face is underneath this beard, uh, even on top of this beard. Uh, UF11, uh, Nighthawk says, I've used the time off to watch old games of minor league players I drafted in my dynasty league. Now that's how you spend time. Oh, God, I love that. Uh, to the minor league players uh, that you, uh, you drafted in your dynasty league. Unpainted Huff says, I like the idea of expanding rosters for doubleheaders. Would that mean Carlson and Williams would be around? You know, again, it just comes down to... Now, I would think if you're talking about doubleheaders, that unless the amount of pitchers that would be able to be active would change, I would think that the teams would load up with pitching for that very reason. Total guess, of course. But I would think that, I would think that they would load up. Now, remember, Carlson's not on the 40-man. That changes the conversation a little bit. You know, he would have been soon enough, would be my assumption. But... Uh, yeah, I would think that anybody on the 40-man would have a chance to be around for something like that. Uh, and I would also think that in due time, so would Mr. Uh, Dylan Carlson. Speaking of which, Mr. Jeff Carlson, welcome to Prospects After Dark for the Carlson family. Uh, we love you guys. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Graham says, why are they shortening the draft at all? What's the reasoning? Well, Graham, it's really simple. Uh, that way, the owners can save some money. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is already bad. There goes the Buffalo Trace. Um, it's all about the owner saving money. I mean, that's all it's about. Um, and I, you know, if you're running a business, so this is where it gets difficult. Like I want to vilify the owners for this. And it's only because I love minor league baseball and I know that they have enough money to pay the minor leaguers. We all know it. I mean, they might say baseball is hard to make money in. You might hear about profit margins and blah, 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 but they have enough money to pay the minor leaguers. So it always, always hurts, uh, when they, they do things like this. It's all about saving money, and you can't fault them if you're a business owner because sometimes you got to make decisions like this when you're trying to keep your profit margins a certain way. Now, uh, that being said, I hate them for doing it. I think it's terrible, but it's all about saving money uh, when times are getting relatively tough. Uh, Brian Hellman. Hey, Brian Hellman. How are you? Kyle, miss you. Please, God, bring baseball back ASAP. Also drinking buffalo with you. To my Buffalo Trace people, I raise my glass. I can't promise that I'm going to be able to bring baseball back for you, but I can promise you that when baseball is back, I'll be right here with you. This is a great question by Noah Snelson. Noah asks, if no season, does this create a talent gap 
because MILB players aren't as regulated, uh, don't have like a regular offseason. Man, you know, I think, I think that back in the day, that is a very, very valid point. I just think that offseason prep and training has changed so much that uh, my answer is not as much as in prior years. Uh, I still think you're going to have that curve because it's not like people can go to a, a hitting lab and uh, get lessons, right, with everything being shut down. I don't necessarily think that uh, it creates a talent gap because, I mean, these players are, in my opinion, they're more athletic and they're more talented than they've been at any point in my my fandom. Uh, but I do think that what it does is it it makes it more difficult for these players to reach their potential uh, at an accelerated rate, if that makes any sense. But that's a really good question. Victoria Dryden says, thank you for answering my question, Kyle. Appreciate you, sir. Victoria, not as much as I appreciate you. Victoria, you're awesome. I'm really happy you're in here. Uh, I hope they haven't been working you to death. Uh, and I hope that you and your, 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 you and your family are doing as, as well as possible. You know, uh, Victoria is uh, kind of up in the shit, uh, you know, where things are potentially really bad, like in that area. Uh, I, I'm not going to give, you know, it's not my information to give away, but uh, just know, Victoria, we're thinking about you. Our thoughts and prayers and everything are, are with, with you, and we wish you guys nothing but the most health. I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but how will this affect service time? Now, it's funny. As Zach jumps back in here, uh, it is, it's, a, it's a mind fuck is what it is. We don't know. Uh, we don't know exactly what the season is going to look like. We don't know if it's going to be shortened. We don't know if it's going to uh, be – we know it's going to be prorated if it plays, but we don't know how it's going to be prorated. Uh, so the short answer is if the season is canceled, uh, service time just carries over. Now, from what I understand, players like Lane Thomas – well, actually, Lane Thomas might be the exception here. Players like Junior Fernandez um, – uh, sorry, I, I might have messed up here. Hold on. Anyways, players like Junior Fernandez um, – God, I get so distracted. See, that's why I can't look over here when I do this. Players like Junior Fernandez, it won't change their service time. Uh, but but everyone else, it kind of does if the season is canceled. Now, what happens is uh, if the season is shortened to like, you know, 80 games, then those 80 games get prorated uh, as in conjunction with your normal 162 uh, as compared to your normal 162. So it would just depend on how much or how long those guys are at the major league level for that. Uh, so how does it affect service time? The answer is we still don't know. It just depends on how many games are played, if games are played. If games aren't played, uh, then it, it just gets weird, kind of. You know, uh, Mookie Betts will never play a game for the Dodgers unless the Dodgers resign him. Um, JT Real Muto will become a free agent. Trevor Bauer will become a free agent. Uh, now, I could be wrong, but guys like Junior Fernandez would not lose a year of service time uh, because they – still have their rookie eligibility. Uh, I want to double check on Lane Thomas. I told Zach earlier today that Lane Thomas uh, would not gain a year, but now I'm not 100% sure. Now that I say it out loud, uh, I have to go back and look. I think the difference is since Lane Thomas, even though he doesn't have the at-bats, he's passed his rookie eligibility because of active days on the roster. I think technically he, he goes like he jumps one year. So, uh, uh, but since Junior Fernandez didn't log, it is still rookie eligible. He would maintain his rookie eligibility, thus not accruing another year of service time. Uh, in case you can't tell, the answer to your question 
uh, I'm sure you've been asked this many times, how will this affect service time is, uh, it, it's a mind fuck. Uh, service time in, initially is a mind fuck, uh, but uh, this is even more complicated. Uh, you know, I, I haven't read the article. I know I know for Fangraphs, Eric Longenhagen wrote an article, and I, I know for uh, 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 Baseball America, J.J. Bailey wrote an article, and I think Max Goldstein might have written an article for Baseball Prospectus. I haven't read any of them. I haven't had any time. Those guys are smarter than me, uh, uh, and I, I would try to check out those articles. But service time is a mess right now is, is what I'll say, and I, I feel bad for not, uh, not being able to track it down. I'm, now I'm lost in my own head. See, this is where I'm at. All of this information, because it's still very much up in the air, is hard to process. Uh, another thing Zach and I were talking about earlier is, like, you take somebody like Jacoby Jones for Detroit. You know, Jacoby Jones is a Super 2 player, and that changes his service time as well. Uh, it's just so confusing. Hey, freaking cards! What's up, freaking cards? How are you, my friend? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Noah Snelson says, how does this affect players' interacting interactions in the future? Does this help? or hurt fandom. Look, any, any time that you don't have baseball being played, it isn't good for fandom. Now, the one thing is we're all kind of being held prisoner by this situation, uh, you know, uh, by quarantine and lockdown. So I think that this doesn't hurt necessarily baseball and uh, fan interaction because we're all in the same boat here. Uh, where it hurts is if these minor league teams contract, it hurts those communities a great deal. And I would suspect that a lot of those communities, uh, end up rallying against Major League Baseball and not like an act of protest, but I would imagine a lot of fans lose interest in Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball doesn't have an affiliated team uh, still in those towns. Uh, I would imagine that, you know, there is going to be a little mistrust between amateur players uh, and both the players union and the owners. Uh, amateur players, because they're not represented, are the ones who are constantly on the chopping block in these negotiations even though Tony Clark is absolutely terrible at his job uh, uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of succumbs to whatever Rob Manfred asks. It seems like, at least in my opinion, they think they got a big victory with service time, uh, but they didn't really get anything other than a, a, a couple concessions about service time. Um, I would think that beyond those small towns and beyond the amateur fans and, uh, again, beyond some maybe multi-sport athletes in high school that might decide to play football or tr run track or... Uh, tennis or golf or whatever it might be or uh, whatever, um, I, I would imagine that it, there's there are a lot of people who aren't particularly happy with Major League Baseball, uh, uh, especially if the contraction part of Minor League Baseball happens. And I, I would imagine that there's just some disenchantment there. The next step in all of this is after 2021, when the collective bargaining agreement comes up, if there is a work stoppage there, then that's when things get super dicey. Uh, I would think that even... Even this year, whether it be a, a shortened season or no season at all, um, or even a season played without fans in the stadium, uh, uh, I would think that, uh, oh boy, that's not good. Sorry. Uh, I would think that we're all on board for any type of baseball at all this season without any problems uh, from like a fan base, uh, except for those towns that might get, be on the chopping block for major league or minor league contraction. Uh, Zach says, if you got to host a minor leaguer, who would live in your home? Uh, any of them. I, you know, I don't care. You know, I, if I had a, a, an apartment big enough, uh, I would gladly uh, invite that. I, I would appreciate that a great deal. Uh, you know, I would, uh, I'm a homebody. Uh, I'm, believe it or not, I'm a bit of an introvert. Uh, and I would want somebody who wouldn't make a bunch of ruckus. Uh, who, like, who would you want in your home more than Dylan Carlson? Honestly, like, he's just a great kid and he's smart and 
he eats and loves baseball and you know he's totally respectful he was respectful to me in a, a way that no other player at winter warm-up um uh, uh was and that was awesome again tip of the cap to the carlson's for the way they raised him uh, uh and his brother tanner like uh i i love that family like that's the kind of person that you would want if you were going to be hosting. But, you know, I would just want somebody who was cool and respectful of my own personal space. Hey, get out of my personal space. That's a Rick and Morty thing. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's who I would want. And uh, specifically, I don't care. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I know it's a weak ass answer, but that's it. Uh, Good Life Sean says you would rather have coronavirus and see me without a beard. I promise. Lucas fan says, what do you make of Carlson's average fly ball distance in the minors? Are we overselling his power? No, no. Look. The average fly ball distance in the minor leagues, ignore that. Remember, you're talking about a player that was younger than the level he was playing at. Uh, I know some people have pointed to the tight, like the, his average exit velocity. Ignore that stuff at the minor leagues. That stuff has not, that data has not been tested at the minor leagues as comparison, in comparison rather to how it projects over the major leagues. Uh, I would not ignore all that. Look, I get, I get seeing these new stats and getting excited. Uh, especially when it comes to minor leaguers, it's great to have that measurable data. But I would say that none of that has proven to be any type of indicator of major league success. What I will tell you is when you watch Dylan Carlson hit, he squares the ball up. Uh, and you're talking about average fly ball distance. That doesn't tell you anything, right? It doesn't tell you a damn thing. It just tells you that that's the average. Uh, as somebody who watched him play every day, I can tell you that the power is real. Now, uh, one thing that I've stayed steady on, and it, it's very important that people realize this, you know, I, I, when, when uh, Brendan Schaefer asked the question earlier in the year, uh, uh, I wanted to, like, what I told people is with Dylan Carlson, like, think of him as Nick Markakis. You know, Nick Markakis had some great years. Uh, uh, he was a great player. He's still, I mean, he still is a, a really good year, you know, 14 years of major league career. He's been really amazing. Think of him kind of like Nick Markakis with a much higher upside. You know, Nick Markakis for, is going to be one of the 25 greatest Baltimore Orioles in the history of the Baltimore Orioles organization when it's all said and done. Uh, what I'm getting at is average flight to ball distance doesn't mean a goddamn thing, uh, especially at the minor leagues, because you just don't know enough. Uh, I will tell you that it's all there. Uh, with someone like Dylan Carlson, because he's been so young at these levels, and again, not everyone is uh, is Soto or Acuna, uh, but because he's been so young at these levels, these numbers he still hasn't like the numbers still haven't adjusted to him at those levels. So uh, we are, I I would say that what we are overselling isn't his power. Again, I view him as uh, I think uh, again this is I am very very cautious when it comes to all prospects. Like I try my hardest not to oversell them, and you guys know that I've been pimping and pimping and pimping Dylan Carlson for a long time. Uh, but I would suspect that maybe for a year or two, and we even say it in the write-up, but for a year or two, you're talking about a guy who might only hit 15 home runs or might, you know, hit 19 home runs. He might have Dexter Fowler power or Jason Hayward while Hayward was with the Cardinals kind of power. But he's going to grow into it. Again, like think Austin Meadows there. Uh, what I think is I think we oversell the importance of, of power for a player like this while ignoring um, uh, the tools that make him – uh, as viable of a major league option as possible. But I can promise you there's a 25 home run season in there, if not multiple 25 home run seasons. What I will tell you is what he will do on the diamond will more than make up for the time it takes him to produce that power. Uh, Unpainted Huff says, this service time thing we are talking about is going to be really fun when we think about Flaherty. Yeah, Flaherty's right at two years, I think. I think Jordan Hicks is right at two, and Flaherty's like right above two years of service time. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. And imagine being in his position. Like, I wonder, I wonder for these players if there is some incentive uh, for the season to not be played. And, and, you know, not all of them. They all want to play baseball, too. And I, I don't want to make it sound like uh, um, they don't want to play baseball. But I wonder for some of these players if they can take uh, their own personal pride out of it, if there's some incentive to kind of lose this year to job one year uh, of service time and get to free agent a little bit quicker. Uh, you, you know, you just never know how a season's going to go with pitchers. You never know if there's going to be an arm injury. Uh, my, you know, obviously Jack Flaherty wants to pitch. Obviously he wants to, to make a big to-do of it. Uh, obviously he's going to be amazing uh, if he's healthy and he looks to be healthy. But I just wonder if, like, there's a benefit – to the pitchers, especially for something like this. Um, the service time thing we're talking about is going to be really fun when we think about Flaherty. Yeah, without a doubt. But, you know, on the flip side, if you're an owner, uh, that's one less year of statistical analysis that, you know, Cy Young potential statistical analysis that you would have to uh, argue against in front of an arbitrator. Uh, so that's it might end up helping out owners, too. Uh, I don't I honestly don't know what to think. I think we need to see what direction Major League Baseball goes in. Uh, and how arbitrators respond to this stuff. Noah Snelson says, if we lose the season and save salary, do we sign bets, trade for Arenado, or kick the tires on leak uh, and save salary? I don't, I don't think they save salary. Remember, in baseball, uh, salaries are tied with revenue. So I don't think that you could say in any, in any way that they're saving money. I would imagine that what every owner in baseball will tell you is that if the season is lost, uh, that they lost money. As a matter of fact, I actually read an article by someone I trust, and I don't remember who it is, but I know that I trust them, uh, that said that if the season ended, the only team that wouldn't operate at a loss for the year is the L.A. Dodgers, that every other team needs, or maybe this is what it was, I take it back. What they said was if games are played without fans, uh, that the only team that would make money are the Dodgers. Everyone else needs the turnstile turnout. Uh, so they wouldn't save any money at all. They would actually work at a deficit. And if you think that the Cardinals are, are thrifty now, uh, just wait until they're operating at a deficit. What becomes interesting is with guys like um, uh, Andrew Miller, who have incentives built into their contract that are based on the amount of it ba- or the amount of uh, games pitched. Right? He needs 37 appearances in order for his uh, um, his vesting option to kick in. Uh, what happens there? That's something I don't have the slightest idea about that I want to know more about. Uh, you know, if, if the vesting option doesn't kick in and the Cardinals don't pick up his option and he goes to free agency, then that's $12 million right there that they get off the books. And that'd be huge to spend. And I would imagine that they would reallocate those funds. But I also know the Cardinals well enough to know that they, pitching-wise, outfield-wise, they know that they have plenty of depth that they don't necessarily, uh, in their view, need to dip into the free agent market. Friggin' Cards says, Kyle, pleasure seeing you, my friend. Friggin' Cards, it is an absolute pleasure to see you. Victoria says, normal work schedule, thankfully. We're all healthy as can be. Thank you for thinking about us. Again, uh, it's my pleasure. Hey, Ronald Roberts is in here. Ronnie, baby, how are you? Seems like minor league guys got thrown under the bus while big boys got what they want. Uh, and that's why it's important to organize as a union. Uh, the, the difference between the major leaguers and the minor leaguers is the minor leaguers don't have organized representation. If the minor leaguers had organized representation, then they'd have a bargaining, uh, an avenue for bargaining. But uh, as it stands right now, because they're not part of MLBPA, Major League Baseball Players Association uses them as a leveraging tool uh, uh, in these types of negotiations. And it's a disaster, and it's sad, and it breaks my goddamn heart uh, that, it, uh, uh, that it's that way. But that's why they keep getting leveraged into shittier and shittier situations, uh, town to town, too, by the way. 
Uh, let's see. You're right, Ron. It does keep happening, though. Uh, uh, let's see. Good luck, Sean. Says MLB and MLBPA came to an agreement today for passing. That's good, right? Yeah, they came to a, a framework agreement. Now, again, uh, people, I guess we need to go over this. Um, what happened was the players were given an advance on their salaries. Now, as Nightingale, and the salary, it's only, anyways, as Nightingale reported, uh, Bob Nightingale reported, that money is only an advance, which means I have to quote-unquote pay it back. Now, they don't necessarily pay it back. They pay back the advance. Or they earn off the, the advance more than likely is what that's about. Uh, if the season plays, they'll have prorated contracts. Uh, at the very least next year, we'll have five rounds, or this coming season, rather, we'll have five rounds of a draft. The draft gets pushed back to no later than July 20th. Uh, the owners can decide to have more rounds if they deem it necessary. Uh, we also know that... Um, the uh, international signing period has been pushed off to no later than mid part of January in 2021. Uh, that's another thing. Now, again, uh, and that next year's draft is 20 rounds. At least the owners can decide to tack on more rounds if they want. Uh, hasn't been decided yet. Probably will be 20. Just like with this year, it'll probably be five rounds. They do that so that they can save money uh, while they're losing, quote unquote, losing money right now while baseball isn't being played. Uh, so yeah, they, they've come to a framework agreement, uh, to kind of sort out some of the nonsense. Sorry, I need water. They've kind of come to a framework agreement, but even now nothing is settled. Gift says, I feel like Carlson would say maybe four words, the whole duration of his stay. Yeah, look, uh, Dylan is super, uh, uh, super, super respectful of the game of baseball and, uh, uh, the, uh, I'm sure he'd be the most respectful young man in a clubhouse too. Look, uh, the kid's built right. I don't know what else to say. Carlson crushes it, uh, uh, as uh, Jeff Niehaus says. Unpalantano says, Kobe. Uh, I don't know. I, it's Kobe spelled K-O-B-I-E, so it's not Kobe Bryant. Uh, Viva España. I don't know. I'm sorry. I wish I could help you out there. Travis Mack says, lived with a girl. She worked at a bar in Springfield Mo and woke up with three Tulsa drillers on floor. Yeah, we've all been there before. Uh, one was Tulowitzki. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that, uh, uh, you know, there are some classic stories about Dexter Fowler uh, when he was playing for Tulsa that I don't know if are common knowledge or not. Uh, but if you ever can track those down, you should track them down because there are some crazy stories, not only about Tulo. I've heard stories about Arenado. I've heard stories about Corey Dickerson. Uh, I've heard stories about uh, 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 Dexter Fowler, too. Uh, hey, Card Chat says, what's up, freaks and geeks? What's up, Card Chat? To you, I raise my glass. Holy shit, Moe's Algorithm. Moe's, how are you, bud? Look, I uh, I feel incredibly honored to have Moe's Algorithm in here. We, he hasn't been in a while. He says, well, hey, been a while. Uh, Moe, I need you to make a comment about the Colton Wong jersey in the corner uh, to bring this back to life. But to you, Moe's, thank you so much for being in here. My, my brother on the uh, uh, Bull, Bowties and Bullshit podcast over at Two Birds on a Black, I feel honored to be a part of that with you, man. I, I don't say it enough. I love listening to you. Uh, I... I it's just an honor. Cards Gift says, you see what you do is you put Carlson in the lineup and as soon as possible you set it and forget it. Look, I stand by my beautifully uh, uh, gifted gif, gifted um, uh, article that I wrote about our number one prospect on the Dirty 35, Dylan Carlson. I stand by it. I don't know what else to say. I got nothing else. But go check that out. My words are terrible. But go check it out because we have that amazing uh, uh, set it and forget it. Uh, yeah, just get him in the lineup. <laughs> there it is. Moe's Algorithm says Stu Langford. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, just get him in the lineup as soon as possible. Stop screwing around with it. It's for the best. Ron Nuttall says, just got the kids to bed. Can you start all over? Yeah, gladly. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I'm your host. I'm Kyle Reese on a Friday night, Friday, March 27th, 2020. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Look, I uh, am disgusting. Helm Sammy says, I just want to say thank you for all the info most of us don't know. I gotta pee. Please go to the bathroom. Uh, do not hold that bladder. Look, I, but there's one thing I know. It's that holding your bladder is as dangerous as it gets. Uh, Dohone says, and he also, by the way, uh, thank you so much. Hold on, let me, let me get, I got it in here somewhere. Uh, blah. Oh, when the moon hits your eye. Uh, thank you for sending me lock. He's on Netflix. Tom Hardy managing a big pour while driving. Curious if all the seasick stuff was real. I'll let you know. Uh, it says, I like Neutral Site World Series because... Then you can play seven games in seven days, more like regular season pitching. Uh, I would love to hope that that's how they would handle it, but I still think that they would take a, a game, a day off. Uh, I, but then again, maybe it just depends on weather. Who knows? Uh, Andy Pants says, hello, sexy man. Hello, Andy Pants. Real fast, as I go to my DMs, Ben Cerruti says, Kyle, if you don't mind pimping hashtag pinch madness a bit in pad, uh, it'd be appreciated. We are about only two-thirds of the votes uh, than yesterday got. So uh, on Birds on the Black and Chill, uh, Nicholas Childress and Ben Cerruti are putting together like a pitch bracket tournament. They picked a billion and a half of the best pitches in, in I guess, Cardinal history. I don't know, to be honest with you. I've had a really busy week at work. I haven't been able to follow this the way. Uh, but go to Twitter. Uh, check out Ben. Check out Birds on the Black. Check out Nicholas and Chill. Uh, and vote on those pitches. In each one of those brackets, on each one of those tweets, you have the video of the pitch that they're that you're voting on check out those pitches at the very least uh of course vote 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 uh but uh you know look at the gifts because that's fun too andy pants 47 says hello sexy man hello andy pants no i also believe and here i'll pull it up i also believe that they wrote an article over at birds on the black uh could be wrong there but i believe that they wrote an article of birds on the black kind of going over uh, uh the, the pitch brackets so uh feel free to take a look at that too Cards chats. Cardinals chat 18 says, did you sport your Lankford jersey yesterday for opening day? No, no. So the Lankford jersey is permanently retired. Uh, it, it will not go back on my back. It'll only ever hang right there. That's when he got inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. That was the uh, the last time that I ever uh, will wear that Ray Lankford jersey. Yeah. So Ben, two days ago, uh, uh, posted the Pitch Madness 2020 bracket. Uh, go to Birds on the Black. Check out that article. I'm sure Ben or Enchil probably have it pinned to their Twitter, uh, uh, their, their their Twitter page. Uh, go do that. Um, but you can see the bra the bracket. Uh, you can and then go to Twitter and you can see the gifts too. Uh, it's amazing stuff. Graham says, "Do the Cardinals resign Wainwright if there's no baseball this season?" Yeah, I you know I w I really don't think that this is the last year of Adam Wainwright. You know, uh, my guess is that they bring him back to the same contract that they're paying him now. Uh, and he goes to spring training, and uh, we have the same conversations about him entering 2021 that we had about him entering 2020, with just a little bit more cautious optimism uh, because he's one year older without having pitched. But I do think Wayno comes back. You know, I think uh, so. On Twitter today, the Cardinals posted video of Albert's return to Bush Stadium, and that's an awesome moment. Obviously, an amazing, amazing moment. Uh, uh, you know, last year when he came back with, as a member of the Angels. And if there's one thing that like really stood out to me other than how magical it was and then Yachty and the fans and blah, 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 was, you know, the camera kept panning to Wayno, And, you know, Wayno was ecstatic. 
And I think Wayno... Now, first off, Adam Wainwright is the greatest human being on Earth. He donated $250,000 to minor leaguers through More Than Baseball, um, which everyone should do and everyone should check out. And again, buy the swag on... Uh, the swag on uh, uh, Birds on the Black uh, to get yourself some stuff and to also help out the cause. But they kept panning to Wayno, and Wayno was soaking in that moment. And, you know, my hope is that we get one moment like that with Adam Wainwright before he retires. Uh, uh, he's just the greatest guy on earth, and I, I, I want nothing but, like, the most glorious moment of celebration of his career when it's time for him to call it quits. Uh, so I do think he comes back, uh, uh, even if the season is dead. I hope so, at least. Unpainted Huff says, uh, there is only one sixteen for the cards. Wore my Langford jersey for opening day from home. Yeah, Unpainted Huff, that thing was beautiful, too. Thank you for sh uh, uh, tagging me in that. And it was cool to see Will Leach like that, too. Yeah, you know, I usually don't even notice that stuff or recognize that stuff. But I loved it, and I thought it was often, uh, awesome, rather. You know, we've had a pretty low-key night tonight on uh, a Prospects After Dark, and it's actually been kind of nice. It makes it more of an intimate affair, more of a fireside chat, if you will. I just noticed that on the Pitch Madness write-up, over at Birds on the Black, they use purple liberally, and that makes me happy. Also, some gold in there. I've got to find some way of incorporating gold uh, uh, into my prospects after dark uh, uh, or my dirty 35 write-ups. I like that. Anyways, uh, as we reach the end of our questions, uh, surprisingly early on a prospects after dark, especially for a Friday night, I raise my glass to all of my pad people who are in here. Uh, one thing I did want to say, and hopefully he'll slide on in if he hasn't already, and I've got to scroll up to the top of my uh, uh, conversation with Cards Gifts. By the way, how awesome was that? Uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't check it out, go to Birds on the Black. I wrote an article with some additional thoughts about the Dirty 35. I'm really proud of that article. It's kind of mindless rambling. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I, I like the thoughts that I had about it, and I felt really good about sharing it. Uh, but anyways, Cardinals Gifts made an amazing picture, which is just the, the Dirty 35 logo in front of a condom that's about ready to be torn open. Uh, and boy, did I love that so much. I, can't, I, like, I saw it right away, and it just, it just did it for me. Uh, real fast, one of our pad people is having a birthday. There he is. Boom. Uh, so it's BJ Brittingham is having a birthday tonight. It's a pad birthday. To BJ Brittingham, I don't know if he's in here or not or if he was in here, but uh, to all of my pad people, I raised my glass. Look. Uh, the, the Pad Fantasy League has had an influx of birthday lays, birthday, birthdays lately. Uh, to Quinn, who just had a birthday. Uh, to Christian Rabbit. Uh, it seems like everyone has had a birthday. Matt Graves. Uh, to all my birthday people, to all my Pad people, I, I raise my glass. Say thank you so much for supporting Prospects After Dark, and thank you for being in here, and uh, you're the best. Uh, what else? Does anybody want to talk about anything? Look, we're 50 minutes into Prospects After Dark. Uh, and if it's time to shut it down, it's time to shut it down. I am a man of the people, and uh, that, that's really all I know. Um, you know, I guess if I had to keep going, some additional thoughts that I had about the Dirty 30, or not the Dirty 35. Uh, I guess I could ramble on about the Dirty 35, if that's something that you guys would be interested in. Um, uh, some additional thoughts I had. Have you watched Tiger King? I have not watched Tiger King. Yeah, I've, I have stayed out of the whole Tiger King thing. Uh, I heard that there's some, like, mistreatment of uh, uh, tigers in that. Um, but I, that's, you know, I, I love animals. Um, I eat animals, so I, I'm not like one of those, I'm not one of those PETA people. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, like I, if there's any type of like mistreatment of animals at all, like I don't, I don't like that. I, that really upsets me. Uh, that's really like, I don't really care about people. I care about animals. So, uh, that's Anna. Hello, Anna. How are you? Wow. Anna, thank you for being a part of Prospects After Dark. I raise my glass to you. 
Um, it, look, if you say watch it, I will watch it. Uh, but I can't have any type of mistreatment of animals. Uh, Cards Chat 18 says, best opening day memory. You know, I was for, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of, uh, of a handful of opening days uh, in my life. But last year, my brother Scott and I uh, went to opening day, and we wore red jackets, and it was just an amazing experience. We sat a couple feet away from uh, Jack Flaherty as he was doing his warm-up tosses. That was awesome. It was a rainy day. We got to see the Clydesdales. You know, it was the first time with Langford as a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Uh, I will say last year. Uh, it's recent in my memory. Uh, let's see. Graham says, PETA is not a good representation of pro-animal life. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I was trying to be as politically correct about it. But, yeah, I'm with Graham. Like, uh, I, I respect animals. I love animals. I eat animals. Uh, and I am very, very pro-animal. But them PETA people are nuts, yo. Uh, favorite Cardinal who wasn't a star? You know, uh, you know uh, Ray Langford. Uh, uh, most people don't view him as a star. You know, Sean Dunstan. I love Sean Dunstan when he was a Cardinal. Royce Clayton. I love Royce Clayton as a Cardinal. I don't think either of those were stars. If you're talking about, like, scrappy players, Alan Craig, I, I wouldn't consider him a star. I loved Alan Craig as a minor leaguer. Uh, let's see. Who else? Um, Placido Polanco. You know, Placido, Pol Placido Polanco is a very, very um, underrated Cardinal. Uh, you know, even an underrated baseball player through the annals of, of, of baseball history. Uh, Placido Polanco. Uh, there are there are a ton of great players who weren't a star. You know, the Cardinals, uh, we talked about it on the Two Birds on a Bat podcast. Uh, the Cardinals are very good at creating major league careers or developing players that have a major league career, rather, that aren't stars, like those utility players. Um, you know, I, as, as both Greg Garcia and Daniel Descalso made their way through the minor leagues, I loved both of those guys. I, you know, I thought that they both had a chance to be starting second baseman for years and years and years if the opportunity presents itself, presented itself. It didn't for either of them, you know, especially not Greg Garcia. I probably overestimated Greg Garcia a great deal. Uh, but then again, you just don't know if the opportunity was there, how it would have been different. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, my favorite, I'm not, I want to I give a really good answer to this. Favorite Cardinal who wasn't a star. You know, again, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take away the people who both weren't stars and weren't prominent members of, of like uh, the roster. So like Langford doesn't count, Jordan doesn't count, Gilkey doesn't count. Uh, I'll say John Jay. You know, I love John Jay. I love what John Jay did as a Cardinal. Uh, I, I I'll say John Jay. Uh, Unpainted Huff says the one card who was a short time card who you would have loved to have for his whole career, Larry Walker. Larry Walker is the easy answer to that. You know, Larry Walker spent uh, a year and a half-ish with the St. Louis Cardinals. And if you could have had him for his whole career, he's the one you take. You know, uh, Berkman, two years. Beltran, two years. Uh, but give me Larry Walker. Uh, Larry Walker, is a, he should already be in the Hall of Fame. He's the first one that comes to mind. Unfaded up. So, like, the thing about the thing about star, right, is Langford wasn't a star. Gilkey wasn't a star. Jordan wasn't a star. Uh, Will, you know, Colton Wong isn't a star, uh, but they're everyday players, so it, it makes it tough. I was looking for something a little bit deeper, but yeah, look, I loved Ron Gant as a St. Louis Cardinal. Again, I love Sean Dunstan, uh, uh, Royce Clayton, Bernard Gilkey, Brian Jordan, Ray Lankford, uh, Woody Williams, maybe. I don't, I, he doesn't count as a star. You know, Ray Lankford was traded for Woody Williams, so my mind immediately goes in that direction. Uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, Todd Wellemeyer, although he was terrible. You know, Garrett Stevenson. Uh, then we can go into the whole conversation about the relief pitchers that were random. 
Larry Bigby, uh, as we you know, segue from relief pitchers who are completely random, I think about Ray King. And, of course, Ray King was part of the uh, the Larry Bigby, Aaron Miles trade. So that's where my mind went there. Cards Chat says Pete Cosma all day. That's right. Uh, Papa Badbird says, yo, Kyle, me and baby Ozzy uh, hanging out watching Angry Birds movie. Angry Bird is my new CB handle. Oh, I like that. Uh, to you and baby Ozzy, I raise my glass. Please enjoy the Angry Birds movie. Let's see. Raymond Herring says, Kyle, if you had to give Yachty, Bader, and Edmund speed ratings of 0 to 100, what would they get? So, okay, so uh, uh, as somebody who's played MLB The Show, uh, Yachty's a 0. Edmund's like an 83 or an 84, right? And Bader's like 81. If we do it on a scale from Yachty being the slowest player to, uh, we'll just say Billy Hamilton being the fastest player, Billy Hamilton or D Gordon, we'll just say, then I would say that Harrison Bader's a 90 and that Tommy Edmund is like an 85. I, I think they're close with Edmund, but I, I think that they, and I don't, I don't remember exactly uh, what Harrison Bader's speed was, but I think Harrison Bader, I, Tyler O'Neill's like 91. I think Bader and O'Neill should have been in the same spot. Anna Ziggy says, Fernando Vina, obviously. Yeah, Anna, Anna Ziggy is dead on. I, uh, Fernando Vina is another one of those great. Uh, Mark Grizzolonic, man. Mark Grizzolonic time is a St. Louis Cardinal. I love Mark Grizzolonic. You know, Ronnie Belliard. Uh, 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 yeah, that, that's a great answer. Fernando Rodney, or Fernando Rodney. Give me Fernando Rodney as a St. Louis Cardinal. Give me Fernando Rodney and Bartolo Colon as a St. Louis Cardinal, and let's all be happy together. Graham, mm, Unpainted Off says, Terry Pendleton was awesome when I was a little tiny kid. Yeah, Terry Pendleton is like one of those players who they predate me. And since I'm not a person that has a great, like, I'm not the type of baseball fan, uh, Cardinal fan that has an intimate knowledge of the history of the Cardinals. Like, I know the big names and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I obviously I'm more interested in the future than I am in the past. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the future, as Mark McGuire once said. Uh, I don't have as, as intimate of a knowledge of those players uh, uh, as I have of both the future and the present. Uh, but Terry Pendleton was beloved by Cardinals fans everywhere. So, uh, unpainted Huff, uh, uh, I, I love that. I, I'm with you. Sammy Helm says, do you have a second favorite MLB team? I do not. So, uh, as all of the people in the Prospects After Dark Fantasy League will attest to, for years and years now, I've been a big fan of the White Sox. Um, uh, you know, I've always liked the Baltimore Orioles. I know that that's a weird thing. But I've always kind of rooted for the Baltimore Orioles uh, uh, when I'm not rooting for the St. Louis Cardinals. I like the Seattle Mariners, too. I'm sure that that stems from, you know, Griffey and A-Rod being prominent players in baseball, being the next wave of baseball stars when I was, you know, a, a preteen. I'm sure that that comes from there. But I also like Seattle. And, you know, I, I like the Mariners. I've kind of always rooted for the Mariners. And now I'm older and Jerry Depoto is a maniac. And I love that. Uh, so those are two teams that come to my mind. You know, I am a Cardinal fan, obviously. I, I love St. Louis Cardinals baseball, but I try my hardest to always be a baseball fan before a Cardinal fan because I think being a baseball fan allows you to be a little bit more objective. So, like, other than, let me, I guess the best way of putting it is I like a lot of teams. Uh, the only teams I don't like, I don't like the Cubs and I don't like the Braves. For those of you who, you know, now, again, the Cardinals-Cubs rivalry is a huge thing. It's a big deal. Uh, it's the longest, uh, an incredibly long tra tradition of hatred between the two organizations. 
But when I was a kid and I was rolling around left field bleachers with my dad, who was an usher, the Braves fans were worse than the Cubs fans by a mile. So I actually hate the Atlanta Braves. Now, if I take my bias out of it, I look at the current Atlanta Braves team, and I like a lot of those guys a great deal. That is a good team with good people uh, in that organization. But, like, I'll never root for the Braves. I'll never root for the Cubs. If the Braves play the Cubs, like, I am torn. I don't know what to think about that because I think about my childhood and how bad those Braves fans were and how terrible they were to my father, how often my dad had to kick those guys out of the stadium. And my dad hated kicking people out of the stadium. Uh, so, you know, I, I for a long time I hated the Astros. Uh, and then I liked the Astros, and now I hate the Astros again. Uh, so, you know, I, I root for baseball. I root for good baseball every day and as often as possible. And if I had other teams that I like, I, I've always kind of liked the Orioles organization, and I've always kind of liked the Mariners. Or, yeah, the Mariners. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for recent memory, I'd probably be a big Giants fan. Uh, how great was Steve Klein from, from Derek? Derek, thank you for being here. Hey, Christian. Good evening, sir. We did a little toast to you for your birthday being a little while ago, uh, along with our other pad fantasy leaguers. Uh, how great was Steve Klein, Iowanek? Yeah, you know, that would Steve Klein was like, uh, Tommy Pham is like the modern day version of Steve Klein, right? Uh, 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 a little wi total wild card, although Klein was crazy and Pham is just, br you know, brash, if you will. Uh, uh, but well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you never knew what those guys was, were going to say. You know, Steve Klein flicking Tony La Russa off uh, from the bullpen is just an incredible moment. That hat filled with pine tar, the crazy way that he would pitch. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve Klein, the Cardinals fans are lucky that Steve Klein was a part of the organization and that he didn't tone down his craziness. Julian Tavares, you know, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have characters come through the organization. And, you know, that's maybe one of the things we've missed over the last couple of years. You know, they shipped out Tommy Pham. You know, it's been theorized that part of the reason why they shipped out, shipped out Tommy Pham was because he was a character. Uh, but I love that. Like, I, I like a little wild card. Uh, that makes it fun to root for as a fan. You know, when they're low, you can be low. And when they're high, you can be high. And that's fun. Uh, and it's missing. But I understand why it's missing. Like, I, if I'm a coach, I would not want to deal with a lot of that shit. Uh, but also, as a guy who does concrete every day, I kind of know what it's like to deal with that shit every day. So it's fun. And even when it's chaotic, it's fun. So uh, Helm Sammy says, Klein's hat was great. Yeah, uh, I agree. Unpainted Huff says, I love the one year of OK Bottenfield got us Edmonds. But remember... Don't forget, and that is definitely a huge part of what. So, so look, I, I, now I'm stumbling all over myself. The bottom field and Adam Kennedy for Jim Edmonds trade is a fascinating trade to go back and look at. Adam Kennedy was such a highly thought of prospect. Remember, he was the Cardinals' best prospect at the time. Uh, people thought he was going to be a perennial All Star at second base. The other thing that we don't necessarily know as Cardinal fans is by that point, Jim Edmonds had already had two knee surgeries uh, and has worn out his welcome as an Angel. Uh, a lot of people didn't think he'd be able to recover from the various knee surgeries he had. And those, like, that front office did not like him. That coaching staff did not like him. It was just a perfect storm, you know, and Jimmy Ballgame being Jimmy Ballgame, it couldn't have turned out any more perfectly for the St. Louis Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, uh, maybe that tells us a story in there that after one year of kind of, you know, uh, of random success along with one highly thought of prospect, uh, if you're willing to take a chance, then you can get some pretty awesome rewards. Helm Sammy says Vince Coleman. Yeah, Vince Coleman. Although, you know, that Vince Coleman's tough, too. Like, I don't view Terry Pendleton the same way that I view Vince Coleman. Again, this is just from, like, 
a guy who doesn't know anything about 80 eras, you know, a whitey era Cardinal time, uh, a Cardinal baseball rather, is Vince Kuhlman was a star on that team. Like, that's how I perceive it. I don't know if that's true or not. Like, I don't, I don't know if Terry Pendleton was or wasn't a star on that team. I just know that people in this town view Vince Kuhlman as a god when, if they're the type that watched 80 St. Louis Cardinal baseball. Graham says, in the past 10 seasons, who's the number one trade target that you really, really wanted? Troy Tulowitzki, and it isn't even close. You know, I would love for the Cardinals to get Nolan Arenado. Uh, I would have loved for the Cardinals to have signed Luis Robert, uh, Luis Roberts. Uh, but it's Troy Tulowitzki. I wanted Tulowitzki to be a Cardinal so bad, so damn bad. Like I was, I would have loved for the Cardinals to trade trade all of their favorite, but the their best prospects for for Troy Tulowitzki. That's the one that I wanted. You know, uh, not towards the end, and he was always hurt. But I didn't even care about that. I just loved Troy Tulowitzki, uh, and uh, I I wish that they would have acquired him. Cards Chat eighteen says it's still insane. O'Neill is higher than Bader. Uh, remember what I will say is if you look at average speed, uh, the stat cast data, he is faster than Bader, uh, even out in the outfield, he's faster than Bader. Uh, and I appreciate that MLB, the show went in that direction to, uh, quantify those stats or to, I guess, to make those stats. Uh, but I, I think that the number should be closer than what it is. Unpicked at Huff says, Oh shit, Fernando Vina. Hell yeah. Yeah. The Cardinals remember over. Man, over the last 15 years, the Cardinals have had a pretty interesting influx of middle infielders. Uh, Ryan Terrio, Hector Luna, Ronnie Belliard, uh, Mark Grezelanek, Fernando Vina, Johnny Peralta, um, Jed Jerko, if you want to include Jed Jerko. Uh, uh, Mark DeRosa for 15 minutes. Uh, um, they've had Raphael for call. They've had an influx of really interesting players that have donned the jersey and played middle infield and the corner infield for them. Uh, and that's kind of fun. Like, you know, I think that, I think that as a fan, sometimes it's great to have the homegrown talent, but I do kind of miss the days when there was like that guy who would start for one season or that guy who would start for two seasons. Uh, that was kind of fun. You know, it was fun to have those guys and have something new to talk about. Uh, but I also definitely understand from an organizational standpoint, developing the kids, having them be starters as often as possible. IONX says, uh, Ryan the Riot. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Terrio. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Niehaus says, how many combined years do Rodney and Cologne have? Rodney is 46, and I think Cologne is 46. So you're talking about 92 years worth of life. And if you're asking me how many more years of, of Major League Service they have in them, I would suggest that given the opportunity, they have another 92 years of Major League Service between the two of them. Unpainted Huff says, Will Clark getting the hitch in his giddy-up back. Yeah, that was so much fun, too. You know, I almost said that a minute ago when I was going over the players. Uh, uh, not that I would want if, uh, um, you know, if I could have their whole career back, uh, but as players that were kind of like random that were Cardinals or whatever. Anyways, what I'm getting at is, that was a lot of fun. You know, Will Clark to end his career as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals and to be as effective as he was in that role uh, it was a wonderful thing. You know, Ryan Ludwig is another player. You know, Ryan Ludwig was an all-star uh, and a middle-of-the-order bat for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, before he was traded to San Diego. And he was wonderful. You know, the, there's something to be said. And part of the reason why I hero-worship Tony La Russa, uh, maybe as compared to my thoughts about Mike Matheny or uh, Mike Schilt, is that TLR, and it was frustrating as a fan because Ryan Ludwig would hit two home runs and then sit the next day. But TLR had this amazing ability to get a player into a game based on the matchups. And 
even if you thought, oh, this is a lefty that Ryan Ludwig would smoke, if the numbers that they had at their hands didn't dictate that, Ryan Ludwig would just sit. And it was frustrating as a fan, but it was the right thing to do as a manager. Uh, and I guess all of this is the long way of getting really short in saying that Tony LaRusso was the best manager. Uh, no one was ever better at Tony. La- uh, let me start over. No one was ever better than Tony LaRusso at putting his players in a position to be successful. Uh, and that's just what Tony did. And it was frustrating as fuck uh, as a fan. Uh, but that's why Tony's one of the best of all time. Uh, Papa Badbird says, what does uh, ever, why, why does no one ever talk about Troy Gloss and healed from center field twice? Someone had to catch it. I love, look, uh, at the time, the Scott Rowland for Troy Gloss trade, I loved. I loved that. And that first season before Troy Gloss got hurt in that second season was great. The two lasting memories I have of Troy Gloss, uh, other than having one amazing offensive season, of course, was Troy Gloss putting that phantom tag uh, Rick Ankiel throws the ball from deep, deep, dead center field in Colorado. Uh, Gloss is just standing there, pretends like nothing's happening, pretends like nothing's happening, reaches up, tags the guy. That was wonderful. And then the other thing I think about with Troy Gloss is that dude hated striking out. Doesn't matter if he struck out swinging. Doesn't matter if he struck out looking. He fucking hated it. And he did it a lot. And he was pissed every time it happened. And uh, it was just funny to watch. He'd throw his bat. Uh, he'd, he'd, oh, He'd be super dramatic or throw his bat, and I love that. Those are the two things I think about when I think about Troy Gloss as a St. Louis Cardinals, uh, as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Christian says, not to mention DePoto. Oh, God, I love DePoto. Bring me your DePoto talk. Cards Chat A says, the Rays and A's. Yeah, I like the A's, too. You know, I go back and forth with Billy Bean. Uh, I would love to see the A's move out of Oakland because of the Coliseum issue with the toilets backing up. I'd like for them to end up moving to uh, Portland for my own personal bias because of the connection I have with Portland because of my brother, Mike, it's not going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I, I like the A's a lot too. Unfainted Huff says have lived in Seattle since Oh three. Cool with the M's and the AL. That's it. Yeah. To, uh, to my, my Pacific Northwesterners, I raise my glass. Andres said, I liked Tony Womack. Tony Womack is a great call. You know, uh, you talk about a guy who, the Cardinals signed him and you didn't know what to expect and you were really excited and he outperformed how you thought he would be. He was a stabilizing force at the beginning of the lineup and outperformed, you know, some of his career normal, his career normals. And that is wonderful. Yeah. Tony Womack was a great St. Louis Cardinal for an abbreviated time. Giff says, have you ever almost died at your job? Yes, I have all, this is, I swear to God, these are all, I've almost, I've truly, truly, truly almost died at work. At least three times. There was actually a time, uh, and it's hard to explain without you knowing exactly what I do. Uh, uh, At the time, we were working in a box culvert. And basically, a box culvert is just the area underneath a bridge. And it was like a two-pronged box culvert. So there were uh, open areas underneath this bridge. There were three open areas beneath the bridge with concrete, um, concrete foundation that was poured at like a 45 degree angle. And what we were doing is we were cleaning it out. So we were clearing out the brush and we had a boom uh, that was, that had, we had a boom, which had a, um, a hook on it. And the hook had a strap, like a, uh, just a, a strap. And we would strap around logs and brush to get it out from, uh, in an effort to unclog the box culvert. Now what happened was I was between two forks on a, uh, uh, like, so it was a big log. 
that branched out in two ways. It was probably about 20 feet. No, it was probably about 15 feet long and probably about 14 feet or 14 inches round. And what happened was uh, the, the strap that we were using broke off of the boom, off of the hook that we were using to lift it out uh, from the boom truck. And the thing slid down and it took me with it. And when it hit, since the two forks weren't even, it hit and it flipped me. And I flew, I, I'm not shitting you at all. I went about, I was already, I was already about seven feet uh, off the ground. It flew me about 15 feet above the ground. And I, I literally flipped like this. Uh, they, they said that they counted uh, and they didn't because it happened so quick. Um, but I, I flipped four times and I landed on my side on concrete. Uh, I walked away without a scratch. But when I hit the ground, um, one of the guys, the, the guy who was in charge, I was 20 years old at the time. The guy who was in charge said, call an ambulance. He's dead. And I got right up and I was fine. That was one of them. Man, I've had so many close calls. I can't even tell you. I have, uh, you won't be able to see it, but I have chainsaw marks on my arm. Uh, I was, again, 20 years old. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I went to cut a limb off of a tree. I had climbed the tree uh, uh, to, to, to cut it. And I didn't feel comfortable making the cut, but the supervisor kept telling me over and over, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And when I went to make the cut, uh, the chainsaw kicked and I was wearing a glove at the time and it threw the glove about 75 feet uh, and it cut my arm right here. I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, chainsaw marks in my arm uh, from that. Uh, man, I've had so many close calls at work. I've never been close to being buried in concrete. Uh, sorry, I'm like, oh, hey, Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas, buddy, I love you. I know you haven't had a chance to be in pad in quite some time. Uh, now, I should retweet it if I can find it. Uh, Eric Thomas, tweet it, and I'll tweet it out here in a second. But Eric Thomas's amazing uh, dog, uh, Beagle Radar, is uh, they're trying to win a contest because of how cute and wonderful he is through a local television station. Yeah, you have to vote for Radar. Radar is a wonderful pup. Eric Thomas is an amazing human being uh, who I have nothing but the most admiration, love, and respect for. Uh, and they win like a recliner and some cash or some crazy shit if you vote for Radar. And I can guarantee that once you see this dog, if you haven't already seen him, you're going to want to vote for him because he is the best. He's a superhero. He's wearing a mask. And also, he's probably the best presidential candidate that you're ever going to find. Uh, Unpainted Huff says, Kuhlman had five straight years of 100 stolen bases, and he was so drunk after the 87 NLCS, he was a star. I love that video of him super hammered getting uh, interviewed by Art Holiday, I think. Yeah, and if I'm not wrong, wasn't he the last player to steal 100 bases? Uh, different era, but that's an awesome stat. He he deserves it. Uh, Graham says Raphael for call. Andre says Tony Womack. Uh, uh, W.C. Lee says, speaking of Peralta, I'll talk baseball players that dropped off the face of the earth for 400, Alex. Uh, yeah, uh, the Cardinals have had a couple of them, right? Guys who they got maybe a year or two of success out of, and then they had to cut them loose. Uh, Mike Leak was almost one of those people, although that's a whole different situation than Johnny Peralta. Uh, John, uh, Jonathan Broxton is a player we talk about a lot. Ty Wigington. Yeah, they've, uh, they've made some interesting choices that have worked out and also backfired at the same time. Uh, Johnny Peralta is one of them. You know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to come completely honest. I thought that Johnny Peralta was healthy, and I thought that he was due for a bust-out. Would that have been 2017 season at this point? A bust-out 2017 season, or would that be 2018? God, I can't keep it. Uh, 2017 season. I thought I thought after the bad 2016 season, he was going to be ready to go and be really impressive and good. And boy, was I wrong. 
Uh, Cole Hamels was my number one trade target. We know, Graham. We know. We know how much you love Cole Hamels, bud. Uh, and I love you for loving Cole Hamels that way. And, you know, what's the status of him? How's, did he have Tommy John surgery, or did he just have arm fatigue? Is there a chance that he's going to be ready to pitch? Unfaded Huff says, weirdest short-time card for me, it's Tino Martinez. Yeah, that, that whole thing with Tino Martinez, that guy hated St. Louis. He hated St. Louis. He hated the culture here. He hated the fans here. That guy did not like St. Louis. Uh, the weirdest short-time card... It's now that, you know, truth be told, now that Tino Martinez is in my mind, uh, I can't get him out. I can't. Julian Tavares would be one, I guess. But, yeah, that 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 honeymoon between the Cardinals and Tino Martinez was something else. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Uh, Kyle up here pitching himself for Bruce Willis rolling Unbreakable 2. Yeah, again, I, now that's the first one that comes to my mind uh, of times that I almost died at work. But I can tell you, man, that we've had some close calls. One time... Uh, we were working on a really busy road here uh, called Ledoux Road uh, off of Lindbergh. And we had an entire portion of the road uh, shut down. And we were doing asphalt, and you use this thing called a lute, which is just uh, – it's, it's a long stick, a long wooden stick, like a long wooden handle with a flat end that you use to um, level out the asphalt. Uh, and I was looting, and uh, the, we had cones on the road. And this guy in this big green truck with those big ear um, uh, side view mirrors, he came into the work zone and he, I, I was, he hit my arm. I, I heard, I heard the truck hit three cones, and I looked up and I had my arm was back from from straightening out the asphalt, and that dude's mirror hit me and it spun me and felt put me on the ground. And that old man, I, I, I vividly remember what his face looks like, just kept rolling. And all the guys were like, what happened to you? What was that noise? And I was like, that was me getting hit by a car. Uh, but that's the kind of shit that we have to deal with. Bridge T6B says, Tropical Lightning IPA for Wilmington, North Carolina Brewery. There we go. So, uh, hold on. Tropical. Hold on. Oh, my God. Uh, Trop Light IPA. I'm going to check it out. Hopefully, they have it here in St. Louis. Look, I'm always up for beer suggestions, and I am always up. For uh, booze suggestions, enjoy to my people enjoying booze in any capacity, whether it be the bourbon that I'm drinking as we finish off this beautiful bottle of Buffalo Trace or a delicious Tropical Lightning IPA uh, from Wilmington, uh, North Carolina Brewery. We raise our glass. MP1993 says, I'm not going to just listen to this, Kyle. I would not expect anyone to listen to it. Uh, I don't know why anyone listens to it in the first place. Matt Thompson, our good friend over at Prospects Live, which, again, I will state over and over and over again, uh, that if you're going to go to any place for uh, amateur prospect coverage, amateur draft coverage, go to Prospects Live. I love those guys. I respect those guys. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. I, I would not love them, and I would not respect them if they were bad at what they did. Uh, they're, they're the best. They are on the cutting edge. You're going to want to stay tuned. You're going to want to be on the cutting edge with them. Uh, but as our, my good friend Matt Thompson says, I'm extremely late, but what's up, man? Uh, I just want to raise my glass one more time to Matt Thompson, who had a beautiful, beautiful baby just a couple of weeks ago, who's been sharing some pictures on Twitter. Uh, just congratulations one more time to you guys. Uh, just keep uh, just keep sending those pictures, and uh, you deserve it, man. I, wish, I hope everything is going well for you. Uh, to all the pad people who are dealing with all of this stuff, I hope it's all going well for everyone. Uh, but Matt, you're a good dude, and... Just, you know, thank you for having open conversation with me on Twitter and talking with me and all that stuff. I, I am I am forever grateful for you. You're an awesome dude. Holy shit. Gift said he was almost 
He almost got eaten by bobcats once when he was leaving work. Holy shit, man. Yo, so I've got another great... I guess that's fucking scary, man. I can't imagine what that was like. I do have a great story about animals, though. Uh, when I was 24, I had back surgery. I'm 33 now. Uh, I was 24. I had back surgery. I was I was out of work for three months. I had a decompressive laminectomy on my L5-S1, uh, the lower back. I had been back to work for two weeks on light duty. I was still going to physical therapy every day. Uh, and we were working in a little section of West County, which I'm currently working at now. I wasn't working at now. We were just uh, then. Uh, we were just doing some like little side work there. Um, but uh, we were working in the, the West County part of St. Louis County. And I started shoveling. And the guy who was in charge of the job was like, you cannot shovel. You know that. That's against the rules. You're not allowed to do that. And I ignored him. And I just kept doing what I was doing because I love working. Uh, by the way, a little thing about me. Shoveling rock makes me the happiest person on earth. Nothing on earth makes me happier than, than physical labor. I am, it's the only way that I'm ever like truly in Zen mode. Uh, so anyways, I ignored him. And honestly, he jumped off the machine and pulled me away. And he goes, you cannot do that. You're getting your, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting us. So I went to stand by a tree. And at that time, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, at that time, this quadriplegic uh, came up. He, he had a, you know, one of those like uh, blow things. Uh, on the wheelchair and he and uh, the, I guess a brother or, or no, I take it back. Yeah. It was his dad. I think he and his dad came rolling around and they came and we were just talking and chatting and I shit you not a deer, a deer jumped through a, a wooden fence and hit me from behind and pushed me forward. And then I, I'm not even kidding a little bit, uh, uh, smoked me. It was a buck. It had a small little rack. And it smoked me and it hit me and it felt like I had been missile kicked, uh, like in a wrestling move. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I turned and I looked and I, sh I shit you not, that deer did a sack dance. It went. <laughs> and then booked it into the woods across the street. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. It hurt like a motherfucker. And I had to do a bunch of paperwork uh, because of it. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's not getting eaten by bobcats. But it's getting smoked by a deer. MP1993 says, you are whacked. I'm more than whacked. I'm super fucked up. Uh, Matt Tom says, Hamels had a shoulder thing, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Ronnie Belliard. Now we're talking, Matt. Now we're talking. Khalil Green for me. Ooh. Yeah, Spaghetti Jones. Now, I think it was Todd or maybe Jeff. Uh, Todd Thiessen or, or, or Jeff Niehaus. One of them sent me an article a couple weeks back. I guess a couple months back at this point. Uh, uh, about, uh, uh, like, this, somebody discovered that Khalil Green was still alive. And uh, I'd love to find that again, and somebody send that to me. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, freaking guard says, "quote Call an ambulance, he's dead." Just insane. Yeah, I'm not lying. It was it was the first thing that I heard. Boom! I hit the ground, and the guy's name was Curtis. And Curtis said, "I." He said, "Holy shit! Call an ambulance, he's dead." And at that point, everyone else was away from me, and I stood up, and I remember looking, and. Truth be told, I have a scar right here. That's the only thing I have, and it barely bled. Uh, uh, a scar right here, and that was it. And I stood up, and I said, I'm alive, I'm fine. And Curtis, I remember Curtis going, holy shit, what was that? He goes, that thing flipped you like a rag doll. And it did. I had no control of my body or anything. It flipped me like a rag doll. Uh, let's see. Uh, Minnesota beers foster the foster the person says Minnesota beers are the greatest. I'm with you. 
No booze, just coffee. Good for you, Victoria. I love coffee. I can't wait to start drinking it tomorrow. Unfainted Up says, beer suggestion. Uh, they are tap only now, but Flying Lion Brewery in Seattle. Uh, Flying Lion. I love this. Keep keep the booze. Flying Lion. Keep the booze suggestion coming. Way to go, family. Uh, Foster the person. I was 30 feet away from Rick Ankiel dropping a basic fly ball in right field. Ooh. Uh, that's a rough memory. Unpainted Up says, a good friend is head brewer at the Lion. He's a Cubs fan, but respectful. <laughs> oh, Cubs fan, but respectful. That's wonderful. Hey, oh, there's my buddy Radar. Kyle, Jeff, and Gifts are my dogs. Radar, I am honored to be one of your dogs. I, 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 if I could be a dog with any dog, it'd be you, my friend. It'd be you. Uh, let's see. Um... <laughs> Lisa Lowe says, I'm guest. I guess I'm too fucked up to even watch Pat Kyle. I was really looking forward to post 9 p.m. shenanigans, and then it's just a black screen. Anybody know what's going on there? Maybe I should have X'd out of this and uh, 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 seen what was going on. Uh, any minor league players you see benefiting from this break, like Aliris Montero, for example? You know, I think Aliris Montero needed to get to major league action as soon as possible. Uh, I, I guess my only thought is players who are hurt. Uh, they're the only ones that I could see uh, benefiting from this this time away. Uh, honestly, that's that's my guess. Uh, we gotta tell Lisa to try again. Try again. Um, yeah, the, the minor leaguers who are hurt, I would think that they're the ones who have the most to gain from quote unquote this break. Uh, remember, if they're not on a roster, then they're not making money. Uh, so, uh, while minor leaguers don't have anything to make right now after April 8th, because there's no policy in place, there's no language in place to pay them after April 8th, um, other than to get their stimulus check that we're all going to get. Um, anyways, like the, the players that are hurt are the ones that have the most to gain. Uh, I would also think that in the long term, maybe some of the players that were on the chopping block. Uh, they have a little bit to gain too, you know. Like again, maybe someone like like Zach Kirtley or uh, and Andres Luna, or uh, as I look at my board over here, um, uh, well, that's not going to help. Like maybe Nick Plummer, uh, 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 Bryce Denton, you know, maybe they have something to gain now because you're not going to have as many draftees coming in, uh, uh, and maybe they get another chance. Maybe that another chance buys them some time at the minor league level. Like that's my guess. Uh, no way. The Kyle got smoked by a deer episode. That's a whole thing, man. I mean, honestly, there are probably 10 witnesses to that. We still talk about it on a, uh, a regular basis. The small little rack episode. That's funny. Uh, BR Chef says the sack dance episode. Freaking Cart says unreal. Bridge T65 says more NC beer. Fanta versus Flora Brewing. Alpha versus Beta IPA. Hold on. Uh, Fanta versus Flora. Fanta versus Flora. I'm about this, man. Now, I'm not the world's biggest IPA fan. I like darker beers, but if I, I don't mind a good IPA, uh, give me a good a good hazy IPA, or even a, a, just a good tasty. So here's the thing about IPAs is they all just kind of taste the same to me. So if there's some distinct flavor distinction, a distinct flavor distinction, what kind of scent is that? What kind of an asshole am I? But if there's some type of a flavor that distinguishes an IPA, I'm all about it. Uh, Helm Sammy says, do you believe in ghosts, like ghost adventures? I love your energy. Yeah, I'm just trying to bring the energy. Uh, that's my life. I'm just one big ball of energy. Um, by the way, we're going to break into bottle number two of Buffalo Trace. 
Uh, by the way, I'm kind of enjoying this little intimate adventure tonight. Thank you so much for those of you who are here. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, and I'm forever grateful for all of you. I'm not one to believe in ghosts. Uh, uh, if you want to go super into the crazy, I'm going to get into Alex Chrisofoli mode here where I say crazy stuff. By the way, check out Chirps. Uh, I don't think, I don't believe in ghosts. What I believe is in various dimensions, uh, and the, uh, the leaking from dimension to dimension, from leaking of dimension, uh, into another dimension, uh, uh, from astral plane. No, I don't know what the fuck I believe. I just thought that that'd be really funny to say. Uh, Bridge T6B says 12 and 20. That'd be wonderful, but I here's what I think is I think the shorter the season is, the more likely we are to have a complete crapshoot. That's what I think. You know, I I think that uh, one area where the Cardinals benefit is that they have such depth that they can sustain over a long season, over a 162 game season. But the problem is like that depth doesn't play so well when you're talking about a shorter grind. Uh, remember, you know, last year through. April, the Mets, and the, um, uh, yes, uh, we got to vote for Radar. Everyone, if you're in here, I'm going to retweet something for my dog, Radar. Uh, please vote for this amazing pup. Um, and, uh, now I'm, I'm lost. So what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I think the Cardinals are suited because of the depth they have for a, a long a long stretch. You know, in April of last year, the Mariners and the Mets were two of the best teams. Uh, if that ends up being half of the season, then there's no telling what the playoffs will look like. Uh, and I do think that, you know, I mean, look at it this way last year. The Cardinals were good in April, and then they were terrible in May. You know, if you only have two months of a season, then you're talking about a, a, a grind. Um, uh, you're, you're talking about a complete, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the shorter the season, the more chance there are for things that you can't account for, uh, uh, for things to even out, uh, and the less likely the strength of the Cardinals plays in their pursuit. But if you're talking about expanding the playoffs, uh, just getting in, the, the goal is always to just get in and see where it goes from there because the playoffs are a complete random clusterfuck of nonsense. Uh, but now if you can just get in, then the nonsense is going to be through the roof. Uh, we'll wait and see how that goes. Nighthawk on the Twitter tweet says, after talking about hams on pad uh, with, with, with me, I go to our cards and see this. Any of you fellows ever do an egg bomb? It's a pickled egg dropped in a pint of hams. And let me tell you, it tastes a lot like you would expect a pickled egg dropped in hams would taste. Oh, what a disaster. What a fucking disaster. I'll tell you what. If anyone in the St. Louis area has pickled eggs, don't bring it here because we're under quarantine. Uh, no, bring it here uh, and we'll get weird. Uh, Cards Gift says, what's Dylan Carlson doing right now? Hopefully uh, uh, two tricks at one time would be my hope as I salute my cap to Jeff Carlson. I can't imagine, you know, hopefully, uh, honestly. So, uh, Rob Raines wrote a great article on SEO sports page about the Carlson's. Uh, wait, no, uh, God, it, it wasn't Rob Raines. It was Mark Saxon at the athletic wrote a great article about, uh, the Carlson family. Uh, uh, check that out, please. It's a great article. Saxon did an amazing job of illustrating how amazing the Carlson's are, but it sounds like more than likely he's playing video games with his brother and his, his longtime friend. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. That'd be my guess if I had to guess. Jay Frank the Tank says, I miss Squinty Kyle. Can you make an appearance uh, later for old time's sake? I'll bring it here. Look, uh, I only have a little bit of booze left, even though we broke into the second bottle of Buffalo Trace that I went and got earlier. Um, I'll put a little bit more in the cup because I'm not really hammered yet. Uh, I guess one thing about not going as fast as I normally go is that uh, I'm not as hammered. I'm not as exhausted as I normally am. 
So this is Squinty Kyle for old time's sake. Jeff says, once I fell off a cliff holding two beers, everyone thought I was dead, but I was cool. Didn't spill any. Jeff, please tell me that's true. I need to hear that. Uh, let's see. I1X says, do you throw away bobbleheads, Kyle, when you got glasses? Did you throw away bobblehead when you got glasses? No, Mr. Bobblehead's up here. Uh, uh, I guess I should try to lobby my cousin Charlie to get us another bobblehead, but for all of my old school pad people, all the loyal pad people. Uh, let's see. We got to get one with glasses, though. Graham, Kyle, your life. Kyle, your life is a movie. I've always thought of my life as a sitcom. Look, every decision I've ever made, every quippy quote I've ever made has been in the pursuit of being that weird character uh, in a sitcom. I just accidentally disabled something. I'm not sure what. Hopefully it wasn't yourself. Uh, Jay Frank Tank says, Sea of Iron Monk has made its way to Missouri yet. Small local brewery from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, I will here. Let me write it down. Put my glasses back on for that. Uh, Iron Monk. I will tell you what I do have. Hold on. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to disconnect you from my computer and I'm going to take you with me. And this thing takes two hands now because I got this microphone. Uh, I'll definitely check out Iron Monk. Hold on. I'm going to set you down right here. Uh, uh, speaking of Monk, let's go bottomless trace. Yeah. You know, the Buffalo trace thing, uh, is something else. But what I have is this thing from founders called a blushing monk. Uh, and if you've never tried the Blushing Monk from Founders, you need to track it down because it's amazing. Uh, uh, I was eyeballing it earlier. Benefits. Uh, Jay Frank Tank says, let's go bottomless trace. Benefits, the university I was lucky enough to graduate from. Oh, hey, that's awesome. I love that. You know, I'll support any university uh, uh, that does good stuff, I guess. I don't really know what I'm saying, to be honest with you. Uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Let's all re-up our drinks. Holy cow, you know, we are almost two hours into Prospects After Dark. Hold on, I'm going to, I'm going to, because I can't, can't do all this. Uh, uh, let's all re-up our drinks. So if you haven't re-upped your drink, uh, you'll see that I still have some bourbon in that thing. Uh, and then we've got, again, the blushing mug from Founders. But what we're going to do is we're going to go on a little journey into the bedroom. Uh, let's see. So, oh, God, it's dark in here. Uh, go Cards, uh, Birds on Brewing Mexicali Stout. Uh, look, I, uh, Birdsong Brewing Mexicali Stout. I'm about that. That's, uh, what happened to my, uh, I guess we're not gonna, I don't know why I'm in here now. Sorry, I thought my, I've got a fancy glass that I like to drink the blushing, there it is, that I like to drink the blushing monk out of. Uh, let's see. So anyways, I'm all about the Mexicali Stout. That sounds amazing. Jay Tukin says, on MLB The Show, it has Dexter retiring in 2021. Any truth to it? I don't know, but let me give you a little tip for MLB The Show. You'll thank me for this. If you're franchise in MLB what you're going to want to do to save a little bit of cash up front uh, and to clear up outfield space is you're going to want to trade for Kelvin Herrera uh, from the White Sox. You get a little bit of strength in your bullpen. Uh, uh, so what you do is, and you also clear salary. And the only way to do that is to trade Dexter Fowler straight up for Kelvin Herrera. Uh, it clears about $7 million worth of salary, uh, uh, and you can play the outfielders that you want to play. Uh, mainly adding Dylan Carlson to the 40-man uh, and getting him in the lineup and setting it and forgetting it. Uh, Gifts is really... Oh, son of a bitch. Hold on. I don't have anything to open this bottle. Oh, my God. Oh, wine bottle opener. Thank you so much, wine bottle opener, for saving America. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm all... Look, I am all about a good Mexicali stout. Um, I don't think we're having a season in 2020 personally. 
it doesn't seem like we're going to have a season with a lot of fans. I, I'm, I'm with Matt Thompson there. So real fast, look at this beautiful color on this blushing monk. I, I don't know if it's doing it justice. By the way, I love the Founders, the flavor at Founders. It just gets me. Uh, uh, the Mazagave, which is an incredible guess. You'd love that. Uh, it kind of, uh, anyways, um, to Matt Thompson's point, I don't think we're having a season in 2020. I think what's going to happen is the coronavirus isn't going to go away as fast as everyone is hoping. And maybe as our president is kind of insinuating, of course, we'll see where it all goes. Cause no one knows. I don't care. Medical professionals don't know. Uh, uh we're just going to have to wait and see how that all goes. Uh, but I think what we'll see is I think that, I think owners will try very hard to get as many games in as possible. I think players will now. Uh, uh, and I, I think that there's a very good chance that we're going to have a lot of games without fans in the stands. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I will say that after today uh, and some of the parameters of the agreement that is in place, I'm less optimistic than I've ever been about any type of season being played. But I'm also just kind of down on the whole agreement in the first place, and I'm sure that I'm projecting that. Uh, Heinz57 says, huge discrepancy between Whitley and Fernandez on the Dirty 35. Curious as to why. Uh, it's something we've, we've, we've talked about. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article of Birds on the Black that I released earlier in the week just called the Dirty 35 Wrapping It Up. We address that. Uh, again, I'll never be able to do it justice uh, but the deal is, I fucked up. I, 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 I've said it a bunch. I, I can't state it loud enough. Uh, part of the mistake I made is, like, when you're watching the games during the season and you're writing notes, sometimes you just kind of blow off relief pitchers, even the good ones. Like, you're watching him. Like, I'd watch Cody Whitley and be like, oh, he's fine. He's good. Like, this is good. This is fine. He's going to make a major league debut. That's fine. The stats are okay. He's fine. You know, and then you watch Junior Fernandez and you see – a kid who throws 100 miles an hour with a devastating slider and a devastating changeup, but with command issues, and you think, oh, no, this kid's got something special. Like, And he already made a major league debut, and aside from two of his appearances, was absolutely lights out with that big, loud arm. And remember, he has the pedigree to go with it. He was a big-time starting prospect, uh, starting pitching prospect before he had the arm injury, the arm fatigue injury that cost him an entire calendar baseball season. And, and then you look at Cody Whitley, and you're like, all right, he throws 96. Uh it, the movement's deceptive, the motion's deceptive, and it's whatever. But as I said over and over again, at the end of the Whitley article, uh, at the end of the Fernandez article, and in the article that I put out earlier in the week, I am wrong for the discrepancy between the two. Uh, Cody Whitley should have been somewhere between 11 and 14. Junior Fernandez should have dropped. But as I also say in that article, remember that I don't include Genesis Cabrera in the Dirty 35. He's rookie eligible. Ryan Helsley, Andrew Kisner, both of those guys are, are rookie eligible. So if I were to do that, Junior Fernandez would be ninth. Cody Whitley, if I had been smarter than what I actually am, would have been higher up on the list. And the discrepancy wouldn't have been as much as it was. But I firmly fess up to my fuck up with Cody Whitley. Uh, I tried including it in the article write-up to say that I fucked it up. I tried including it in the Fernandez article to say I fucked it up. And I tried including in the wrapped it up article. Again, please check that out. I'm very proud of that article. Uh, I, I, it's kind of mindless rambling, but that's what I do best. Uh, I tried enunciating as best I could the reasons why I fucked that up. Uh, uh, but the gist is, like, why, uh, you know, to get into the details of it, by the way, Blushing Monk. Oh, that's so good. Uh, the, the reason that Fernandez is ahead of Whitley is because of the velocity and the movement. Uh, Whitley is the more polished of the two. You can tell one of them went to college and one of them didn't. Uh, uh, and 
that's kind of the difference. But Fernandez's stuff is just better. Although Whitley's plays better uh, because he commands it and because of how good and deceptive his motion is. D Dirt 53 says depth could be helpful when they are playing multiple double headers though. Yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah, that's a great point. But it just comes down to how many games are being played in what type of time frame. Bridge 268 says at Cardinals Gifts, what's up? Switching to Mezcal. Oh, I love that smoky goodness of Mezcal. Uh Huncho Pepper says, any buzz on Griffin Roberts or is he toast? Remember some positives on him before Jazz Cabbage, which is, I guess, uh uh that uh that cannabis. Griffin Roberts is still prospect number thirty or thirteen on the dirty thirty-five. I uh, he had a terrible year last year. Go to Birds on the Black. Read his write-up. I am very specific about why I am still very high on him. Uh, he's a prisoner of two important things that really, really hurt him. He has one bad inning, and the problem is that that bad inning usually happens early on in a start. Um, he throws too many balls. I will say that in spring training, it looked like he cleaned up his mechanics. It looked like his changeup took a small step. His below average changeup maybe took a step towards being average. The slider is the best pitch in the organization. Uh, uh, and the fastball can't, he has a four seam and a two seam fastball. Four seam is better than the two seam. He doesn't command him very well. But the gist of him is he just throws too many balls, doesn't strike out enough guys, and he needs to get better at all of that. No doubt about that, uh, 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 without a doubt. But yes. Uh, he missed the first 50 games of the minor league season. That's a huge thing, even though he was working out of the Cardinals complex. I am I am still a big believer in Griffin Roberts. Uh, it comes down to how his command continues to evolve. Again, cleaning up his mechanics was a step in the right direction to help his command. We saw some positive things at spring training out of Griffin Roberts, and we just need him to keep that up. Uh, I hate that he's not – I hate that the season isn't going to start in, you know, uh, 11 days or whatever – 13 days, uh, and he's not going to start right away because I, I think the best thing for him would have been to get on a mound in competitive baseball as soon as possible. Bridge T6B says maximum hours a Cardinal player could reach, maximum home runs a Cardinal player could reach in St. Louis. If you're talking about a full season, I think you have a couple 30 home run hitters. I think DeYoung hits 30. I think if he plays every day, Tyler O'Neill comes close to 30, and I think Goldschmidt hits 30. Uh, if you're talking about a shortened season, you know, a half a season, maybe a guy gets to 20, maybe the young, if he gets hot, gets to 20. Uh, but other than that, I think it just depends on how many games are, are played. Jimmy7633 says, hope all is well, Kyle. Stay safe. Cheers to Cardinals Nation. Uh, cheers to Cardinals Nation. Cheers to the birds on the black family. And cheers to prospects after dark. My amazing pad people, that is. Drew Langley says, just got here, still partying. You're damn right we are still partying. We never stop partying, although we're going to stop partying soon. Uh, four minute Miller says, uh, Modelo, anyone? Yeah, look, I love a good Modelo, the Negro Modelo. I look, I like Modelo, I like the El Monterey from Aldi, the knockoff Modelo. Uh, I like Corona, uh, I like Landshark. If that's still made, I haven't seen it in a while. I like beer, I like booze, and it makes me happy. So, Modelo, it is. <laughs> Drew Langley says, Yeah, keep pouring, Big K. Cider Boys from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I imagine that's a cider company, and I'm about that. I look, I like, I, I like ciders, I like seltzers, I like a vodka, I like gin, I like bourbon, obviously, I like four loco, I like delicious beers and uh, anything good. Uh, Unpainted Huff says blushing monk is the truth. It really, really is. Uh, Jeff says, have you had the bean flicker? 
It's a coffee blonde. Oh my god. I love a coffee blonde. Uh, Schlafly has a good coffee blonde, and I, I can't remember the other place where I had a good coffee blonde, but I'm with you. Uh, A.K.A. Jason. George UK says, hi. Hello, George. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Cards Gift says, no way has it been two hours. We're getting close, Gifts. We're getting close. Uh, J. Frank the Tank says, was this more or less of, of a train wreck two hours ago? Wait, never mind. We are in the bedroom. Yeah, look, every episode of Prospects After Dark is a train wreck. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, Jim Beam Double Oak. Uh, Jay Dizzy. Hey, what's up, Jay Dizzy? How are you, bud? Yeah, you know, I love, uh, I like all of them. The Double Oak is good. The Devil's Cut is good. Um, the Black is good. Yeah, the Jim, Jim Beam makes a good product. I'm with you. I've had all of those. I love those. Unpainted Huff says, one of my favorite beers, Albino Stout at Butcher and Brewer in Cleveland. I'm running out of room here on this little piece of paper that I thought would be enough. Uh, Albino Stout. Albino Stout. Uh, I love what you love. J. Frank the Tank says, Kyle is drunk enough to need his ADHD medicine. I haven't caught a pad like this in a while. You know, I, uh, to be, truth be told, like, I am, again, last week I was super hammered. I'm pretty tame tonight. Like, I'm pretty low-key. Uh, I do, I am distracted. I've got a lot of things going on. My head's in a thousand places. My boss was texting me earlier. Uh, uh, I, I, I probably should have got off of this an hour ago. Um, but, uh, I'm still here and I enjoy a good beer and a good bourbon, but thank you all for still being here. Unpainted Huff says Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet was saying he doubts he will have NFL and college football. Hope he's wrong. I feel like he's wrong about that. The two sports that are in the best shape to have any type of season at all are football and college football. So I understand why he feels that way, but we're not even there yet. Let's get to see what happens with hockey. Let's see what happens with NBA. Although I don't, whatever. Uh, and we'll see what happens with baseball. But the good thing about the NFL is they're in kind of a position to maybe be the first league that has a full season. We just don't know, man. No one knows. Hey, and chill, and chill. I'm going to raise my glass of Blushing Monk to you, uh, the delicious beer by Founders. And chill, we were talking about you earlier. Check out Ben Cerruti and check out Nicholas Childress. They're amazing uh, uh, pitch madness tournament that they're doing on Twitter. Uh, uh, you can uh, you can go to Birds on the Black. There was an article about it, uh, but you can also um, uh, they do the voting happens on Twitter. Follow them on Twitter. Follow Birds on the Black on Twitter, and you can vote. Matt Thompson says biggest bigger raw deal Native Americans or 2020 president uh, potential draftees. Uh, Native Americans, but not by as much as it should be, Matt. That's a great question. Uh, Nicholas, Nick says, yo, Gifts, I'm about to crack myself a brewski. What are you drinking, Nick? Let us know. Freaking Card says, I'd be okay with games without fans as soon as they give the thumbs up, get it going. That's where I'm at too, Freaking Cards. Give me as much baseball as I can watch at home. Uh, I think it only makes that moment when fans can finally go back to the stadium that much more magical, maybe even that much more meaningful. I am with you. I agree. The minute the okay is given, let's get to baseball. Nick says, Kyle, if you were any smarter, you'd be like Sheen from that episode of Jimmy Neutron where he has mind powers and his head gets really huge. I need my head to get huge, uh, just like these sections here. You know, the spots in my head that are indentations and that have gone flat from years of just getting beat by really, 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 like, bludgeoned by uh, 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 objects. Um, I'd like for these areas to get big. There's another spot back here and then, like, one back here. Those need to get big so they can finally get in proportion with my uh, my extremely big head. 
Heinz57 says, thanks for the answer. Long-time listener, first-time commenter. Uh, to Heinz57, thank you for listening. But more importantly, thank you for being a part of Prospects After Dark. I feel honored and humbled that you're here. So we raise our glass of blushing monk to you. Uh, Gift says, love Prospects After Dark. I love doing Prospects After Dark. Derf FF53 says, cheers to you, Derf FF53. And Chill's having Natty Light. Got to respect that. Eric says, love you guys. Got to go make dinner. Be healthy and safe. To all of my pad people, to Eric Thomas, who uh, came up with our brilliant sign-off. Uh, if you're listening to this, you were part of the resistance. To all of my pad people, especially Eric Thomas, I raise my glass. Unpainted Huff says, Georgetown Brewing in Seattle has a Gusto Crema Coffee Ale that is rad. Oh, my God. That's right up my fucking alley. Uh, George, George, Town, Brew, uh, Gusto Crema. I'm just going to put Gusto Crema. That sounds fucking amazing, man. Hey, Jay Ferg, my good friend Jay Ferg, I raise my glass and I give you the finger, bud, to you, sir. Love that Jay Ferg. Uh, Unpainted Huff says, my wife hates beer. She loves scotch and bourbon, though. Well, that's a winner. Uh, it would be nice if she liked beer. But, hey, look, I prefer the taste of scotch and bourbon uh, of booze over beer, honestly. So I get where she's coming from. I respect that. To your wife, I raise my glass, Unpainted Huff. And also, but maybe more specifically, scotch and bourbon. Uh, thanks for the promo. You guys are great. Derp53 says... I want that length for Jersey. How much? A million dollars, Derp 53. It would cost $1 million to get that. Uh, wait, you're a lefty too? Yeah, Matt, I am I am full on lefty. The only thing I do right-handed is masturbate. Uh, other than that, I, I mean, maybe I pick up things. Uh, I shovel, believe it or not, I for at work, I shovel right-handed. I shovel and masturbate, and that's all I do right-handed. Although, sometimes when I write, I, I write right-handed. So I had rotator cuff surgery when I was 14 or 15 years old. I was 15 years old. Uh, uh, complete, uh, uh, complete repair of the rotator cuff. And it didn't look like I would ever be able to throw a baseball again. So, uh, or even potentially right for six months, I was shelved from everything. So I learned how to write right-handed, but when you're 15 and then all of a sudden you can write left-handed again, you stop writing right-handed. So every once in a while, I try to go back to writing right-handed just to get back in the habit. Victoria to you, I raise my glass. Uh, Kyle, thanks for doing what you do. To Notorious, Notoriously Free, thank you. I, I, you're one of the, the constant people that I talk to on Twitter, I feel like, or uh, that at least is in constant communication with me. Uh, thank you so much. I, I'm going to end up blowing through this uh, blushing monk, and it deserves to be um, savored. Uh, but to you, I raise my glass. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. So, uh, uh, Derf53... This came off of Langford's back in spring training of 1993. It's dated. Uh, the, those were the spring training jerseys that they used to wear. And my brother Jim's friend got it off of his back in spring training. And through many, many years, once he found out that, uh, like, 13 or 14-year-old, uh, yeah, 13 or 14-year-old Kyle was a big Ray Langford fan, he gave it to me. Uh, it's my most prized possession, honestly, like, 
maybe that bottle of Johnny Walker Blue over there, that might be one now. But uh, between that and the Link, uh, the Link for Jersey means more to me than any other item that I've ever had in my entire life. So that's that's why it's hard for me to give that up. Jay Ferg says, ice cold Dr. Pepper over here. Uh, to Jay Ferg and Ozzy, I raise my glass. Man, I haven't had a Dr. Pepper in forever. And Chill says, phone is phone in dominant hand. That's Kyle's style. You, you know, I actually, I hold my phone in my right hand. I never thought about that. That's interesting. So my phone shoveling and masturbating in my right hand. Uh, Tropicalia by Creature Comfort. Tropicalia. You like that tropical stuff. Tropicalia. Uh, Bridge T68 likes the tropical IPAs. Graham says, glad to have been watching Pat since the beginning. This is great. Grammy, I love you, buddy. I, you are uh, you're my little 18-year-old whore-mate. I love you. To you, Graham. Honestly, buddy, I hope you're doing well. I'm thinking about you, thinking about your family, thinking about the dogs you take care of. Uh, I am, I am, honestly, like, I, am, I admire you in a way that I don't think you understand. Uh, I've got nothing but love for you, kid. Sometimes you got to switch it up to a lefty like a stranger. I can't do it, man. My coordination, it's just, you know, this motion is a lefty. It's just too much for me. Like, I can't, I don't have the rhythm. But Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Like, it's easy to do right hand. I can't do it. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. It's, I'm too white. But if I do it right handed, I'm Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan. I, I've got it. I just got it right-handed. That's how I get off. Uh, Josh says, hello, hello, hello. I am very late. Hello, Josh. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. We missed you, bud. Jerf says, oh, shit, definitely don't sell that. Langford was my first favorite player. Me too, bud. Uh, Jay Ferg says, Bane or Batman? I'll tell you what. I will take the Tom Hardy Bane. Uh, I love that Tom Hardy Bane. Although I also love that Batman. Uh, and honestly, like, uh, Christian Bale is, like, one of my favorite actors. I love American Psycho. That's one of my five or ten favorite movies. Um, the comics version of Bane is pretty good. The video game version of Bane is terrible. The movie ver version of Bane, version of Bane before Tom Hardy was terrible. Uh, I'll say Nightwing. Can I do that? Enchil says no phone in dominant hand when you're using the other. For extracurricular activities. No, I only masturbate in public places. So I usually don't have my phone out. Uh, Friggin' Car says, best concert you've ever been to. Uh, my first thought, honestly, I think about the first concert I ever went to. And now, you got to remember, I grew up in a super poor family. Uh, I would have been maybe 18 years old. And I went to a December's concert at a local nightclub called Mississippi Nights with my brother Mike. Uh, and it was this really intimate affair that was wonderful. I think about that nonstop. Uh, as I told... Uh, Cardinals Gifts friggin' cards earlier tonight. I had a great experience uh, at a Dodos concert with an ex-girlfriend. I love the band, the Dodos. Uh, check that out uh, uh, real fast. I, I want to look that up real fast. So I sent Gifts a song from the Dodos earlier, but the album that I really like from the Dodos, oh boy, now it's not going to work. Uh, Dodos, Dodos in my head. <laughs> oh, don't don't listen to that. Oh God, I'm so terrible with all this stuff, man. I, I one of these days I'll understand technology. I swear, I promise you that I will not ever understand technology. Oh God, no wonder no one uses iTunes anymore. Dodos, dodos, dodos. Oh come on, 
Uh, D-O-T-L. Oh, fuck. Ah. D-O-D-L. Oh, I'm an asshole. God damn it, I'm stupid. Uh, 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 oh, God, I quit. A carrier. No, not carrier. Hold on. A visitor, rather. Let me start over. I'm sorry. I completely blacked out right there. Uh, the, in uh, uh, 2008, the Dodos put out an album called Visitor. And I love that album. And the girl I was dating hated it. She hated the Dodos. And we went to a live concert and she became a huge fan of it. That was a great concert. I love that. But I always think about, yeah, look, everybody's best concert is their first one. I saw Tool Live at the Scott Trade Center, which is now Enterprise Center. That was a great concert. Uh, uh, James Maynard Keenan put on an amazing show. Um, was very critical of the St. Louis fans. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the people in the audience threw Maynard James Keenan up a demo tape in the middle of a song, and he, uh, right at the beginning of a song, rather. He shut the song off and said, this is why we haven't come to St. Louis in a long time, and then threw the demo tape back into the stands. Uh, Stranger in the Tub, I like where your head's at, Card Check it for you. Huncho Pepper says, what are their plans for Zach Thompson? Seems like they like him a lot. It had a good spring. My guess is Zach Thompson, if the season would have started in earnest, Zach Thompson would have started the year in Springfield and would have been on the fast track like we had talked about. Uh, Nicholas Children says, ha ha, public places. Look, honestly, when I jerk off, I usually either jerk off in the shower or uh, watching pornography on my laptop. Josh says, if anyone's looking for a movie to watch during quarantine, I recommend Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. I recommend, so I am midway through season three of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That show's not nearly as funny as I hoped it would be, but it's a sweet comedy and the ensemble's good. And honestly, Terry Crews is the best, so is Andre Brower. Uh, that's an okay show that if you want to spend some time that doesn't involve tigers, uh, that you should watch. Jay Ferg says, Spotify is where it's at. I, I know, man. I need to, I used to subscribe to Spotify, and now I don't. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. And Chill says, Kyle's brain is totally full because of his prospect knowledge, so he can't use simple search engines. I can't use technology. I was trying to figure out Twitter the other night. I can't even do that. I cannot express to people enough. That my experience on Twitter is different than all of yours. I, I don't understand how it works. I hardly look at my timeline, although I've been looking at it more. I usually just tweet something completely random that I think people will enjoy because all I care about is other people enjoying things. I just want people to be happy. That's all I fucking care about. Uh, so I'll tweet something out trying to entertain and make people smile. Uh, and then I might live in my notifications, but I can't figure out the rest of Twitter and even my DMs are a complete weird spot for me. Technology is beyond me. You should see me try to navigate MLB The Show on my PS4. That's a whole fucking thing, too. I just, I make jerseys now. That's all I do. Uh, freaking Card says, Dodos. I'll check them out. D-O-D-O. Check out the Dodos. Uh, they, they, there are a lot of up-tempo stuff, and I would recommend checking out Visitor. Uh, there's another album, and I'm going to look it up, called No Color, that has Nico Case on it a lot. There's a lot of really great stuff. The song that I sent, uh, Gifts, was good. And I believe Nico Case is on that, but I'm pretty sure she's on the next song on that album called Sleep. Yeah. Oh. And by the way, if you haven't checked out Nico Case, who's more of a folk, uh, a folk musician, check out Nico Case. She's amazing. Bridge T6B says middle infielder in two years and outfield projection for 2020. So technically, I'll say Colton Wong and Paul DeYoung will still be your middle infield. And I'll say the outfield in 2020 is because at that point, Dexter Fowler won't be under contract. I'll say. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, and Lane Thomas. Notorious, notoriously free says DK to Carp, to Wayno, to Daryl Kyle, to Carp, to Wayno, to Flaherty. Drew Langley says 2020 outfielder, Carlson, Thomas, and Edmund. Freaking Card says, sound like a Maynard thing to do. It was awesome. 
I wonder when that was. That must have been in like 2009, 2010. Everyone in that stadium was high except for me, by the way. Uh, get a pad playlist going on Spotify. I, I gotta, I've got to subscribe to Spotify. Spotify. I would love to do that. And I'm getting drunk, fam. Uh, cheers for cheers to smiling. I mean that. Look, we're at the end of pad, so I can say this stuff. But like, everything I do on Twitter is to just make people happy. I, I'm tired of living in a contentious world where people are at each other's throats. You know, Republicans, Democrats. I, I see it on Twitter all day, and it makes me sad. You know, people who are so blindly Republican and people who are so re- blindly Democrat, uh, blindly Cardinal fans. Let's let's just try to be happy. Like, whatever happened to the pursuit of happiness? And why did the pursuit of happiness become so biased uh, and self-righteous? I, I, I hate the... We live in a time of the self-righteous and it makes me sad. And all I'm trying to say in all of this is, like, I will continue to be as humble as I possibly can because, I, look, I'm not so proud that uh, my own personal wellness trumps the wellness of everyone else. And I, I just think that that's the best way to live. So uh, I, all of this is just to say that, like, I just want people to be happy. I want awesome people, my awesome pad people, who have supported me for years and years now at this point, uh, uh, to, to be really happy. I don't want to fight. I don't want to argue. I don't want to be mean-spirited. And all that stuff is going to happen. But I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it doesn't as often as possible. And I think that that's what we should aspire to. Uh, and, and that's my whole MO on Twitter. You, you know, I, I was talking about it with uh, Chelsea Ladd uh, via Twitter just a little while ago, uh, a couple hours ago. But like, I'm an, I'm an introvert. I want to be home as often as possible. I don't want to interact with people because of the social anxiety I have, uh, because of the introverted nature that is my personality. But at the same time, I want to... I hate seeing people upset and I just want to see them happy and I'll do whatever it takes to get people that way. And that's why I tweet the things I tweet. That's why I say the things I say, because in my mind, I view those as things that might just make people happy that might make them smile or might make them snicker or think, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, which makes me laugh. Uh, And that's all I want. That's all I care about. And that's what we should aspire to. We shouldn't be aspiring to our own well-being. Our own well-being is contingent on the well-being of the masses. And uh, that's what matters to me. So, uh, you know, that, that's all I care about. And I, just like Enchil says, as I raise my glass of Blushing Monk, cheers to smiling. And Enchil, what you and Saruti are doing makes me smile. Uh, and I am grateful for that. Uh, so thank you. Uh-oh, Mr. Carl. cards. The cheers to smiling episode. Enchil's on it. Someone write this speech down. I need it on a t-shirt. Uh, Seeley2001 says, your tweets are a highlight to my day in these times, Kyle. I'm just going to, again, I just want everyone to be happy, man. Frickin' Card says, I think it's an, if I can't be happy, no one can attitude. I think that there's some truth to that. Uh, Josh says, my new favorite Pat tradition is the great speeches towards the end of the episode. I love it. Josh, you're a good man. Thank you so much. Uh, how the fuck have we been doing this for, uh, in birds for two and a half years? We do, we've been doing it for two and a half years because Cardinal's Gifts is a fucking... Uh, he's a visionary. He's a visionary. He's a visionary, and he's a Renaissance man, and uh, he is a trailblazer. And he was ahead of the curve, and that's why. But you, to your point, Enchil, time flies, and you're you're dead on there. Drew Langley says second and third favorite MLB teams. Thanks for your service, Kyle. To you, Drew Langley. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I've got very little booze left, and then we are actually done. Look, again, we talked about it earlier. I'm a, I am like a lot of the AL teams. As weird as that sounds, I like the White Sox. I've always been a White Sox fan. 
Uh, but if I had to pick my second and third in no particular order, I'd say the Mariners and the Orioles. Uh, hey, Steve. So, uh, Steve Eller. Uh, Steve, you're a great, great human being. You know, every time you tweet at me or retweet something that, that I've done, it honestly fills my heart. And I am so thankful for that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, to Steve Eller, I raise my glass of, uh, of Blushing Monk. Well, just like Angel says, gifts, I love you so much. Thank you for including me. Uh, I cannot express enough to anyone how uh, honored and privileged I feel. I feel more honored and privileged now than I felt when gifts slid into my DMs uh, two and a half years ago. Spaghetti Jones says, eating gooey butter cake with a side of cheddar popcorn and a book. Well, that's the most St. Louis thing I've ever heard in my life, Spaghetti Jones. You're a hero. Uh, that was a healthy drink. Uh, move over Gettysburg Address. It's the pad address. Gift rocks, I agree. Hell yeah, gifts. Uh, Tina Leroy has joined. That's got to be a sex bot. Eller Market says gifts. Who uh, we should aspire to be. Uh, this pad are making me so happy. That good. Thank you, Angel. That means the world to me. Orioles being the formal Saint, Saint Orioles being the former St. Louis Browns Fitz. They own Sportsman's Park. Yeah, and that's after they left. That's part of the reason why I became Bush one. Uh, Eurackham says, imagine what this guy would look like without a beard. <laughs> I'd look disgusting. Eurackham, you don't understand. Like my jaw looks like, uh, looks like tofu. It is fucking bad. Like my jawline is bad. Uh, my, uh, my underbite is bad. My buck teeth are bad. Like I'm as ugly and as terrible as it looks. You could not begin. I look like somebody like replace my jaw and then uh took my jaw out and then replaced it with a smaller jaw and it is fucking nasty underneath this beard so you're dead on also this quarantine is making me realize i have to do a homemade toasted rab night now we're talking yeah uh yeah uh bridge t6b says love all cards but charlotte the home of triple a uh for the white Sox, the charlotte knights yeah the charlotte that's a beautiful stadium too and i'm a big fan of the charlotte knights i like the white Sox a lot uh, bridge T68. All right, so I've got very little blushing monk and I've got very little bourbon left. Uh, I, I'm going to finish off my bourbon first and I'm going to dedicate my the last of my bourbon to my birds on the black family. Uh, 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 again, the, 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 the pitch madness that Enchil and Ben Cerruti are doing. Ben did amazing project, projections for all the players. Uh, ben, by the way, you should probably do that uh, prorated now with like a half a season. And Enchil, who does amazing gift work, who wrote a great article after a, a good a good poll. Enchil, do that more, man. You're a good writer. Keep that up. Uh, Enchil, who's amazing. Stu Styles, who hasn't had a chance to do a game recap because of COVID-19. Stu Styles does the best game recaps. He's a true fucking artist. I love Stu Styles. He's a great musician, too. Check out his stuff. Go to his page, Stu Styles, at Stu Styles on Twitter. Uh, uh, Tara Wellman, who is the champion of... Uh, fuck Emily Walden, honestly. Like, Tara's... Tara's been doing it without patting herself on the back. Uh, and that makes her even more amazing than she already is. And she's already amazing. Uh, Tara Woman, who's not only is a champion of uh, paying the minor leaguers, but also great on chirps and everything that she does because she is truly the best of all of us. Um, uh, her co-host on chirps, Alex Crisofoli, who is wonderful. Zach, who does nerds on the black. It's a periscope just like this which is fucking amazing too. I, I cannot get over how good Zach is with that. 
especially bringing in guests, which I'm incapable of doing because I don't understand how technology works, uh, especially Viva Alberto guys, uh, got her bringing in Keely, who's wonderful and, and charismatic as hell, uh, and uh, John LaRue. Uh, and then more importantly than anyone else, Cardinals Gifts, who is constantly supplying us with gifts and pictures, who even when he's tweeting out uh, how amazing the content is, that we're all putting out for Birds on the Black completely ignores the amount of work that he does. Uh, uh, Birds on the Black family is the best. Real fast, a, a quick shout out. The last, the last, along with my Birds on the Black family, goes to Brooke Grimsley and Doug Vaughn for KMOV, who wrote a great article about more than minors. This toast goes to more than the minors. Uh, uh, and, and the drive we are doing to help support the lack of pay that minor leaguers get. So to Brooke Grimsley, to Doug Vaughn, to KMOV Channel 4 here locally in St. Louis. To Cardinals Gifts, to Enchil, to Ben Cerruti, to Zach Gifford, to Alex Crisofoli, to Tara Woman, to, to, to Stu Styles, and I'm going to throw friggin' cards in there because he's fucking family. Uh, I raise my glass. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this magical experience that I have no right to. Boy, you talk about a hearty drink. Uh, you, Rackham says... You're the only person that can pronounce my name correctly. You rack up. Uh, Jay Ferg says, you make doing the dishes fun. Yes, I'm doing the dishes right now. Jay Ferg, last night I did the dishes at 9.50, and my watch, my Fitbit, registered it as swimming for 24 minutes. Uh, Bridge, thanks, Kyle. Bridge, thank you for being here. I don't know who you are, but I appreciate you a great deal for asking questions and participating. Thank you so much. Enchil says, super hearts. Enchil, you are a fucking, you're your golden pony boy. Uh, Josh says, have a nice night, folks. Next time, I'll show up on time. Josh, come in whenever you can, man. Come in whenever you can. Uh, love you, bot BP. So I'm going to finish my my last of the Blushing Monk. Again, to all of my pad people. Uh, all the people who have stuck with this weird Friday night episode of Prospects After Dark. To Mr. Carlson, who is still in here. Uh, the, the Carlson family, I cannot express it enough. It, they're just like they're the most amazing group of people they are what we're all aspiring to uh they are uh they're just wonderful uh to the carlson family to the hicks family who hasn't been here uh, jason hicks who is the godfather of prospects after dark uh the queen of prospects after dark jennifer hicks and also the the player of prospects after dark jordan i raised my glass zach we were just complimenting you a minute ago about how wonderful you are uh, but to all of my amazing uh pad people uh, I raised my glass. Uh, two hours. We did Prospects After Dark tonight for two hours. We didn't have the crowd that we normally do, and it didn't take away from how wonderful Prospects After Dark was, and that's because of you. I do nothing. I do very little. I operate on uh, on just complete natural instincts here where I just say whatever comes to my head. You're doing all the groundwork. So to all of my pad people, if you are watching this or if you are listening to this, you are part of the resistance Especially Eric Thomas, go vote for Radar. Radar is an amazingly sweet pup. Uh, the second best or third best behind my brother dogs, my brother Scott's dog JoJo and Dayton from Blog of Their Own. Uh, but it's a, like a tied for first kind of scenario. Anyways, I'm just saying that the pad people are awesome. I, uh, the pad people are awesome. The bot beat people are awesome. And I, I don't even know. I don't deserve any of this. Uh, just thank you so much. And that's it for a March 27th. Friday night episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, again, if you listen to this, you're part of the Reese Resistance. Um, thank you so much. Uh, and as always, family, happy hunting. 
We're going to have a bunch of more baseball content for you. I promise I'm going to start writing more now that we have a little bit of time, although I don't have any time, just like with Gifts, who's going to work all the time. Um, Bridge T6B says Encore, Encore, Encore. Uh, Look, stick with Birds on the Black. We're not done. We're not going to uh, succumb to the coronavirus. Uh, We're going to continue to pump out content because we're here for you. We are the, the blog of the people. Prospects After Dark, Nerds on the Black, uh, we're the periscopes of the people, uh, as is uh, Chirps, the the the, uh, the podcast of the people. So uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, my brother Michael, my brother Scott, my lovely brother Jim, I love all of you guys. As Enchil says, we're just getting started. Uh, to all of my people, uh, uh, <laughs> Mo's algorithm says, is this the longest pad of all time? Probably not. Uh, but it's probably close uh, uh, to all of my family, all of my birds on the black people. Again, thank you for being a part of the resistance and as always family happy hunting.